Okay, Smoke and Snow, Season 2, Episode 4. So, we're going to pick up with young Quentin in New Zealand, which is where all of the party have been ensconced, following their recent adventures with the, the Crimson Coin and with Weimar attempting to claim the stewardship that he has now been bestowed upon as like the sort of knight defender of New Zealand, if you will. Now, Quentin, a few days have passed since the last session, and you've done a few low-level jobs for the the Crimson Coin. Nothing, nothing too sort of strenuous. Just mainly like lookout stuff and bits and pieces like that of like picking a few sort of low-level targets. Whilst you've been doing that, as you said last session, you've been trying to find out about this mysterious duke who is apparently like the shadowy mastermind behind the Crimson Coin. Unfortunately, so far, your inquiries have yielded little to no result. No one really seems to know like much about this duke, and it seems to only be Martha Perkins, like the, the lieutenant, who actually has direct contact with it. However, after a after like a few days, you've sort of started making a fairly good impression on the, the sort of low-level thieves that you've been like teamed up with, because purely because, well, you're pretty good at your job, and most of them are like pretty low-level compared to you in terms of like their skill rating. So you've started to get on with them a bit, and you hear on the grapevine, so to speak, that Martha Perkins is apparently meeting the Duke somewhere this evening. No one seems to know where. But apparently she's going to meet him this evening. What was that? Apparently she's going to meet the Duke this evening. No one knows where, but... That's what the rumour is. I'm assuming I've not got a job on tonight. Nope. Okay, so uh, I, I will do my best to follow her from a distance. Yeah, and that is see where she winds fine. up. Okay, so can you make me a... You can either use Move Silently or Hide in Shadows. It's down to you. Okay. There you go. Yeah, no worries. So you start following Mercy Dixon. And obviously you're being on your guard because she's a pretty accomplished thief herself from what you've seen you see her emerge from the the de facto headquarters of the crimson coin this warehouse building that you've been visiting as she emerges yeah. you see her like eye patch on she emerges out into the the slight moonlight you see her like look around she's wearing a big traveling cloak she waits until a cloud bank drifts across the moon then she pulls up this hood over her head covering her features and you see her pad silently out into the night her footsteps covered by the the slight gusting of the wind through the streets of New Zealand and she starts slowly you see she's like looking about as she moves but she starts making her way through the dirt compacted streets of New Zealand what yeah I will follow at a distance and blend into which crowd's available Okay, no problems. After a a short while, you see her reach what appears to be a 
a small building. It's still in the same sort of rough dockside district of New Zealand. It looks fairly unremarkable, you know, like it, it might once have been a dwelling, but like a lot of buildings around here, it's pretty ramshackle, fallen into disrepair. You see her, she walks up to the door, takes a last quick look around. You see her open the door, she slips inside, the door shuts behind her. As you watch, you see the dim glow of what you expect would be like a hooded lantern, so a very faint amber glow sort of lights up from inside but obviously it's being kept shielded because it's very faint what's the um story level around here it's two floors one floor there's a few buildings that are have got two stories most of them are one story what's this one this one is a single story building okay i'll go up then so you, you're climbing up onto the roof of this building yep yeah, that's not a problem for someone of your skill level. You scale up onto the roof of this building. Like I say, it's pretty ramshackle. It's made mostly of wood. You can see the the roof looks like it was once made out of like wattle and daub or sorry, uh, thatching. You know, but there's like large like gaps in the thatching, like it's not been maintained through which you can see the the sort of slightly rotten remnants of timber supports. I will get to somewhere reasonably safe that's out of the way of these patches and I will listen. Okay. You listen. You sort of place your ear against one of these patches, but like being careful so you're like to one side of it. You hear the sound of soft footsteps padding across what sounds like, again, a compacted dirt floor. You hear like the sound of something wooden, maybe a chair or a table being like dragged across this dirt floor. Then you hear this like something like the sound of like like something's been like placed down somewhere. Then you hear a thump and a noise. That sounds in the bottle. Yeah, it sounds like flowing liquid. I can't really do a better impersonation of that, but you'll easily be able to identify the sound. It sounds like someone's popped a cork off something, and then they're like pouring some liquid out into a receptacle. I will listen out for any sounds of potential weapons being dipped in poison. You listen for a while. You don't hear any sounds of weapons being drawn or dipped in the poison. You don't hear any further disturbance of the liquid. Except after a few minutes, you hear like a of like someone obviously like having a sip of whatever's probably been poured. Okay, I'll I'll settle and wait then. Okay, you wait for about half an hour. No one else has arrived. Okay, I'll see if we can stealthily drop down here into this building. They said there's gaps in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't even have to make a roll for that, that's fine. You you drop down at the sort of far side, you know, you go near to the wall as you can at the far end. Based on sort of like the steps you heard where you think she might roughly be located, you drop down into the shadows, and as you sort of peer around, your eyes like adjusting to the dim light of this hooded lantern, you can see Mercy Dixon, hood pulled back, she's sat on a wooden chair there's like a rickety wooden table in front of her there's what looks to be a, a bottle of wine or ale maybe you can't really tell there's a couple of like pewter mugs on the table 
you see she she picks one up and she's like and then she sort of sits there like slightly rocked back on the chair with her arms folded eight some more okay you wait for another 15 minutes there's no sign of anyone turning up and you're just sort of like oh what's going on like as the person like broke their agreement or whatever when you hear a slight sigh from Martha Perkins and then she says to well are you going to join me for a drink then or not sure she gestures to another wooden chair sort of opposite where she's seated pours out into this other cup some of this liquid now you're nearer you can see and smell that it appears to be red wine she puts the bottle back there's about half the bottle left she lifts up a mug as a salute i suppose and has a swig of her own yeah i'll have a drink she she smiles and looks almost wistful as you're sort of like drinking and she takes a a swig of her own and then she says do you know I, I I knew as soon as you and your companions met up with us and I agreed to accept you in the Crimson Coin uh, I, I knew the charade wouldn't go on much longer now again I don't want to I don't want to blow smoke up you but uh, I, I can obviously tell you're as I said previously, you're far more skilled than the than the average cut purse that we we have in these lower level positions. I knew it wouldn't be long before you you started poking your nose in and trying to find out what was going on with the Duke. And to be honest, I I, I briefly considered having someone trying to remove you. I suppose we could say, but as I said to you. All, friend i don't i've never seen myself as a murderer an opportunist yes and oh don't get me wrong i'll i'll kill a man in a fight if it's a if it's a fair fight or you know if he's got something i want or if he attacked me first but not a murderer so the, the simplest way seems to be for me to to lay it all out online no doubt you followed me here expecting to see me meeting with the mysterious duke. I didn't know what to find. I just followed you. Ah, well, let, let me set your mind at rest. The the duke is a is a fiction. He, he he's made up. There, there is no duke. There's just, just me. You. There's just me. A front for a front. Indeed. Look, I I know a number of servants who work for various nobles, merchants, etc. I pay them fairly well to tip me off about large movements of goods and such like. And then when it comes to present this to my man, I deliver it as though I've received information from our mysterious patron. Because, let's face it, if they all knew that I was in charge, eventually someone would get the idea that they could do a better job than me and then I'd be fending off challenges for my title such as it is 
all day, every day. Whereas the Duke, this mysterious figure, if he's the one in charge and no one knows who he is, anything that goes wrong, it's the Duke's fault. Anyone wants to get to the top, they have to try and find out who the Duke is so they can get rid of him. And of course, since there is no Duke, their inquiries go nowhere. And since I'm the only person who is in contact with the Duke, they can't simply kill me because they wouldn't have that information. She does a she does a stretch and then pours a bit more wine into a into a mug, and then she sort of holds it up and like looks questioningly at you. Yeah, I'll have another drink. And she like pulls the rem remnants of it. She chinks her mug with yours and has a drink of it, and then says, "So now you know. Now you know the the mysterious truth behind the Duke." I'll, I'll have a quick look around for people in the shadows. You, ha you have a look around. You don't spot anybody. She sort of, she sort of smiles, scratches her above her eye patch, and then says, "You're right to check. I entirely understand, but that there's no one else here. There's just me and you. If if this did escalate to violence, now it would just come down to whichever one of us stuck the knife in first. I'm hoping we can avoid that because I believe that the Crimson Coin would be better off with your skills inside the fold and with my skills inside the fold rather than one of us killing the other and losing the skills of whichever one of us dies. I'm hoping that seems reasonable to you. Well, here's a hypothetical for you. If I kill you, I get nothing. It's true. That is true. I don't really care about your crime rates so long as it's below an acceptable level. It's not really the chaos I'm involved in. I do it for the fun. You do it for the money. Well, yes, sir. A woman's got to make a living. Now, at some point in the future, I could start a uh, a better situation for everybody. Or two sides could go to war. We only lose in a war. I entirely agree, and that's why... I'm sure you you accidentally stumbled across the rumours, or purposely, I expect you were looking into it, of my meeting with the Duke tonight. I'm sure you've worked out by now that I deliberately let those those rumours disperse throughout the the Crimson Coin because I, I was hoping we could we could have this meeting because, as you say, an out and out war doesn't benefit any of us. War's bad for our business. Exactly. Now, as I said at the start of all of this, before going through your trials and tribulations, <laughs> simple, simple theatre. I had no, I had no 
worry that you would fail our trials but in order to bring you into the organization you have to be seen to go through the same rigor that everyone else does i get that but as i said at the start i don't want you to get captured tortured and killed by the guard i don't want your people to go through that either i only ever wanted to know who was in charge now i know indeed i also uh, also have some additional information for you your uh, your colleague the the new defender of new zealand asked me to attempt to organize a meeting with the duke of brackenwald now whilst i've not mm -hmm. been able to to arrange that yet i have heard from my sources that apparently there has been a I suppose what you might term a an incident in uh, Brackenwald. The, uh, the the news I've received is somewhat hazy, but I gather there has been some sort of detonation or explosion, fairly small, on the outskirts of the castle and the settlement that surround it, which has obviously thrown the the authorities into a a slight state of confusion and concern. If your if your colleague is is seeking to make inroads with the Lord of Brackenwald, helping them in this time of need might not be such a bad thing. I'll mention it to you. If you if yourself and your companion still want me to arrange a meeting, I can try, but uh, obviously that will take some more time. Information isn't difficult. We'll do it with about. action, I think. Yes, I, I think that's we'll probably the best. We'll do it with action rather than spreading its resources thin. Yes, and that's probably for the best. Well, in the meantime, what I do suggest is if, like me, you can pretty much read any language. I picked up a few here and there. So, invent a language. Something the thieves can use to mark a spot for the future. I, I see what you mean. That's a very good idea. Yes, I'll. Uh, we, we have uh, obviously the, um, the the sort of way of using hand signals when we can't communicate on a on a sensitive job. But yes, I agree. Uh, some sort of written language, like glyphs or signs, would be extremely useful. I'll. Thank you for the suggestion. I'll, I'll start work on that. Right, I'm going to go and, well, talk to his shininess. <laughs> she, she chuckles. And uh, we'll pick this up when I get back. Understood. Well, as I'm sure you'll appreciate, obviously we're, we have to keep up the pretense of putting sending you on these these low-level jobs. I know nothing. But um, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that you'll very quickly rise through the ranks of the Crimson Coin. Well, as it stands, I know nothing. Thank you. So, enjoy your drink. She, she raises Find somewhere shady to hide. 
and uh, in the future we'll go and hide in plain sight okay and obviously you're you're free to leave yeah just wander off and hide in the shadows okay then it's absolutely fine so the next morning when everyone is rising the the sun is shining in the sky it's a balmy sort of mild day i'm going to assume that just for convenience sake that you're all sort of meeting up at some point is there anything anyone particularly wanted to do the bar, yeah you can certainly meet in the bar that's not a problem so yeah so you uh meet in the main tavern of uh, New Zealand which is I presume where you've all been staying anyway you know just for convenience sake so yep. you all meet up there it's a nice sunny morning what do you want to do? I shall talk to Weimar about this explosion Okay, go for it. You're all, you're all sat around the, the table. You're all refreshed. Any of you are down hit points can regain 2d3 hit points because obviously time's passed. Say a couple of days. So, Weimar, I have a uh, possible inroad for you with the Duke. Really? Mm -hmm. There's been a small explosion in their castle. Powder or like what are they? I have no idea. I just know there's been an explosion and they're uh, currently seeking hands to help. Hmm. No, that's that's wonderful. Uh, it's hmm. Um, Malcolm, as you know, I fish out the map. Given all that we know, and maybe don't, um, Malcolm, what's your estimate on how long it would take for a quick trip? Up to Brackenwald. Mm. Okay. Uh, Let me just do a bit of quick revealing on the map. Or rather, just a quick bit of calculating. Okay, so... Looking at the map, Malcolm, with your knowledge of the land and obviously helped by Brock, you can see that there's pretty much two main ways you could get to Castle Brackenwald. You could head north along the Great River, and then you could cross it and head through the Ruler Hills. And that would probably take maybe six days, because it's more difficult traveling over the hills or you could continue heading north along the river and then you could track across this area here which would probably take again probably probably still take about six days but obviously the traveling will be a lot easier you wouldn't be going over hills etc uh. Been six days to 
get there. Do we still know? Do we still know how to cross the river? Is it still fordable? And or has any of that changed? You don't currently have any sort of direct information about you know, like bridges or fords or stuff like that. Because I mean, obviously, it's been as far as the locals are concerned, it's been like ten years since you travelled up the river, and obviously, the landscape itself has changed in that intervening time. Only ask because we often have our cart with us. Yeah. We just go on horse. Could. Yeah. We could hire a scout who might know where the fords are. We can, we can ask someone of the town. Hmm. See uh, if they can give us any information about crossing the river even ask the barman or someone in the tavern as you're in the, the tavern and you're chatting away you hear a a raised voice like a single like raised voice from outside and you can hear like a lot of like low level chatter of like um, it sounds like people are like gathering in the sort of like the little like street area outside, like I said, it's compacted dirt, etc. But it's quite a wide sort of street outside. You see a few people sort of get up from around the tables in the tavern and sort of wander out to like, see what's going on. Have a look. Okay, you look yeah. out and um, you see there is a a man wearing a, a sort of cobalt blue cloak and sort of like fairly like flamboyant to your eyes like clothing he has like tan skin a shaved bald head and a sort of white beard he's, he's sort of gesticulating wildly his cloak flapping around him as he talks and he said as you sort of like start listening you hear him say yes my friends yes i i tell you the truth i am in possession of secret information and he holds up a parchment and says, yes, th this map that I have found tells of a, of a great treasure lying near the very moor of the beast itself. I am gathering fortune seekers, brave souls, to journey with me to claim this great treasure. Who knows, perhaps even the Philosopher's Stone itself, the Miracle Stone, that cures all ailments, that bedevil body and mind. And he says, and if you should be suffering from any ailments, of course my my standard range of tonics are available for a, a very reasonable price from my men here. And he gestures at the sort of four or five men around him, sort of wearing like travelling clothes. One of them's like got a sack as he sort of holds up. You can like glass or maybe pottery chinking around inside it he takes out a small vial which has like a sort of dingy green liquid in it and he he holds it up so the crowd can see it at which point this fellow says yes taglaroni's miracle concoction this will cure any minor ailments that bedevil you whether it be joint pain a sore throat or a simple case of the vapours. And he sort of like casts his hand out over the crowd who 
you can see like most of the crowd seems to be like quite spell, but a few people are like sort of holding up silver coins and you see these guys like walking around sort of taking these silver coins and like passing out these these bottles of this greenish liquid. I think I liked it better when it snowed all year round, I'll say, as I head back into the bar. At which point, as you're sort of heading back into the bar, where's where's Weimar while this is going on? I think I'm still inside, uh, okay. pouring over the map. So, if you, just as you're heading back inside, Malcolm, you hear this flamboyant sort of cellar of lotions and potions. It says, uh, don't don't worry, my friends. Don't worry. There is plenty to go round, but our travel has been long and dry. We we will retire to yonder tavern to uh, replenish ourselves slightly, and then we we will we will take care of all your needs. Uh, but please do not worry. Please continue about your business. And he he sort of gets down off his off his soapbox effectively. Starts walking into the tavern with the, these like four or five men around him. He, had, he heads over to the bar. You can see that like, one of the guys like passes over all these silver pieces that are taken for these tonics off people. He knocks it on the bar and he's like, "Oh, barkeeper, a, a, a round of ale for uh, for myself and uh, for everyone." There's about eight people in here, for, and for everyone in here, at which point he like throws some silver on the the bar. The, the barman nods and like gives them their ales, starts walking around to everyone in the room, like including yourselves, puts an ale down in front of you all. He turns around, he's sort of like leaning on the bar, a bit of a smile on his face, takes out a pipe from a pouch, sticks a bit of tobacco in it, and he's like... Stands there puffing away quite merrily. So as I'm, as I'm pouring over the map... Whoever gets back to the table first, I'm I'm going to just, uh, without looking up, and I was like, so uh, we've got a big spender in town. Seems like. Yeah, seems like he has a map to treasure out near the mall. Treasure uh, now. Hmm. Doesn't seem like a treasure hunting type. No, but his goons seem well traveled. Huh. As they're having figure, this conversation, uh... Brock, you notice, because you're obviously like, you're sort of looking at me, you're like, mm, ready there. You notice that like this guy stood at the bar, one of his like, his goons, for want of a better term, sort of like taps him on the shoulder, like whispers something in his ear. You don't hear what he says, but you notice he like points at Weimar, and then the guy, then the guy with the white beard says something back, the flamboyant man says something back to him. And you know, everyone else is in conversation on your table, but you notice they start like walking towards your table. Yeah, I was I was interested. The, these guys that are with this flamboyant type. Are they actually armored and you know they got weapons and they're, they're wearing they leather, out? they're wearing leather armor. They've got like, traveling cloaks. They've got swords. They, they look like the sort of standard, like they said, like goons or like thugs that anyone with enough money could hire. You know, to protect a wagon train or something like that. But fairly, fairly generic sort of hirelings. Yeah, rather they, than they look, they look heroic like, sorts. They look a bit rough and tumble. You know, they've obviously been around a bit. They, 
you can see like their their equipment's obviously been used they've not just like been kitted out with it recently but they don't look like professional soldiers or anything like that and like i say they're not like rushing towards your table with like weapons drawn they're just sort of walking to these guys oh, no. are like, flanking this guy as he's like walking towards your table obviously yeah. you've got a bit of time shall... to like react before they get there i shall uh let weimar know i think you've got a an interested party on his way and I'll sort of gesture my head back towards the bar. Great. Yeah, you sort of glance Be on, on your, your best shoulder. behavior. You see, this, see this guy walking um, across. I want to get up and head towards the bar. So yeah, I can be fine. behind these guys. Yeah, you walk past him. He like nods at you politely as you, you head past him. And then that like, continues towards the table. He stops, so he's like stood maybe a couple of feet beyond where Weimar's sitting and he's, he sort of waits for you to like finish whatever sentence you're saying and then he says uh, I forgive the intrusion but uh, do I have the, the supreme honour of uh, addressing the the new knight defender of New Zealand? I, I don't know about supreme honour or regular honour but yeah um, that is correct. Oh, splendid, splendid. Uh, please allow me to introduce myself. I am Fabrio Taglaroni. I've no doubt. Uh, I'll, you know, reach over. Yeah, he shakes your hand and he says, yeah. uh, perhaps you have heard of me. I am something of a uh, of a renowned apothecary, but, but it, it does not matter if if not, uh, I am a, I'm a roving traveller and a, a collector of news and uh, items of potential import. I have been on, I suppose you could call it a, a, a mission of my own. Uh, tell me, have, have you ever heard of the, the Philosopher's Stone? Yes, in fact, there was a... There's a lot of stories, right? He says, "Ah, yes. Well, I have, I have recently deciphered certain ancient legends which lead me to believe that the, that the philosopher's stone, as it was, was uh, once much more prevalent in this world, and that at one point in time, a, a large deposit of self same substance lay on a, on a small island known as the Witch Isle." Before all of the troubles mm -hmm. of Valcon, of course, and um, the the collapse. Now, I have recently come into possession of a of a map from a, a man that travelled to a a small village on the uh, the island, currently rather fancifully known as the the Moor of the Beast, which seems to suggest that rather than the the, the great stone being destroyed as everyone had thought, that in fact it was shattered and scattered around the island. The the, the man who, uh, I remember the name of Silas Templeton, who is unfortunately no longer with us, uh, the man who made this map, he said the in this small village he came across a, a man who possessed a, a curious set of lenses that allowed him to see even the most minute traces, the, the dust left by the shattering of this stone. And he promised to show Mr. Templeton a... a a secret route to a to 
a ruined place of, of his, it says on here, a, a place of magical waters. Now, unfortunately, Mr. Templeton uh, succumbed to a uh, illness when he returned to um, Valconan to attempt to hire some people to to go and investigate this, and I eventually came into possession of his map. It's in my my interest to travel to this place and uh, see if I can locate this uh, this this man, this Abijah Cooper that he that he speaks of in his uh, in his map entry, and uh, see if I can persuade him to show me this. Uh, the secret place of magical waters. After all, if it does hold the, the Philosopher's Stone, rumoured to be able to cure all ills and ailments, why it could be a great boon to any who possessed it. But I, I am no I'm no foolish man to just rush in. I have heard rumours that there are all sorts of strange creatures and dangers that lurk on the island. So I am looking for accomplished people to ensure that I can reach my destination and we can make it out safely and not meet the same fate that poor old Mr. Templeton met. And now obviously I have heard of I've heard of your and your companions uh, miraculous reappearance and your quick assumption of the role of a knight defender of a uh, New Zealand, so I assume, and forgive me if I'm wrong, that you have the necessary skills I might be looking for. That may be. Which direction did you say? It's the, uh, it's the moor. It's to the west of here. Um. Yes, there's a, from what I gather, there's a, there's a fellow who operates a, a ferry that runs across the, the lake surrounding it. I was planning to use that to to access the island. According to a, according to this map I have, there's a there's a small village just to the west of the Beast's Moor, the great chasm on the island, uh, by the name of Swinsmouth. Apparently, this is where this Ebajiah Cooper lives. I've noted that you have your associates here with you today. Are they not enough for this journey, or...? Well, I, I don't wish to speak ill of my associates. They are they are pretty skilled at what they do, but they are they are mainly hired to help protect my uh, protect wagons and my person, rather than a, a mission of this nature. I presume there's a an idea of some sort of lucrative deal that could be made here. Well, yes, of course. Obviously, we can. If you're interested, we can obviously discuss terms, prices, etc. Obviously, if the if we do return with the philosopher's stone, well, the 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 medical implications themselves would make the hazardous trip extremely worthwhile if if the research i've done is correct the the curative powers of the philosopher's stone are almost mythical and he sort of throws his hand wide in a gesture to emphasize what he's saying
Did you have a specific time frame for this? Well, I was I, I was rather hoping to set off sooner rather than later. Although, if uh, if that doesn't work with uh, your schedule, obviously, I understand as the as the new Knight Defender, your duties must keep you very busy. Uh, if it's uh, if it's not convenient to leave straight away, I'm sure we could delay for a day or two. I mean, if you are interested, uh, certainly we can discuss this. That, that That's fine. I, I'm not an unreasonable man, uh, Mr. Uh, Lone Grove. So, I, like, whoever is left, uh, I wave, like, to come to the table. Obviously, it's up to you guys so, what you've been doing while this little conversation is I'm still at the table. I'll approach from the bar. Yeah, so I'll, I'll say. So. There is a, a spot of excitement to be had here, uh, I would guess. Because. This treasure, such as it is, is something that can be looked on at the Witch Isle. Which, if we decided to maybe join forces with our new guest, we could travel there and then continue onwards, perhaps, from there to a, a next destination. How do we feel about that? What do we need him for? Surely we can find swims amongst ourselves in this Abijaya Cooper. It seems people who uh, go into business with this Taglaroni character end up dead. Oh, pl pl uh, please, sir, please. Uh, you do me a disservice. Uh, Mr. Templeton died of quite natural causes. He caught some sort of infectious disease while he was, uh, while he was in the area of the moor. Uh, he, I did my best to heal him, but by the time he, by the time he made it back, he was already too far gone. Uh, I, I looked after him the best he could, and well, I, you might think me an opportunist, but obviously he told me about his uh, expedition and what he planned to do. And when he, when he passed away, I didn't see that he'd have any need for, for his map anymore. So, uh, well, I, I took it. I'll just not reply and turn back to Weimar and I still don't see what we need him for. We have a map to get us to the mall. Anything else you or your associates bring to the table? Well, uh, apart, apart from my knowledge of, uh, of ancient legends and... Uh, my, the, the knowledge I have concerning the Philosopher's Stone, I, I, I suppose not if you want to look at it like that. Mm. Is this your first time hunting for treasure? No, no, no. Well, granted, it's, it's, it's my first time uh, I, I've got close to finding something of this magnitude. Mm. So you, you'll forgive me if I'm some... A little bit excitable and mm -hmm. impatient. I have, I have spent uh, quite a significant amount of my time uh, piecing together ancient legends and rumors and 
whispers about the, the Philosopher's Stone. And then, well, now I'm so close, uh, I'm sure you can forgive me a, a little bit of excitement, surely. Um, no, yes. Hmm. This stone you talk of, does it have um, regenerative sort of powers? Ah, look, look down at Wymore's leg. Ah, my muscular friend. Yes, it is. It is said that in ancient days, the the wisest of the ancients, they would take a they would take a a neutral liquid, a water, a milk, something along those lines. They would steep the philosopher's stone in it for. A number of hours, days, or weeks, depending on the strength of the curative that was needed. And then, once they had steeped it for so long, they would remove the philosopher's stone from the liquid. The liquid itself would then be administered to whoever was ailing, and via the transmutative processes of the philosopher's stone, the liquid itself had, would now be a curative to, to help resolve whatever ailment. Uh, Disfigurement, etc., was bedeviling them. And this map shows you where this stone is. Ah, no, the uh, the, the map shows the uh, the location of uh, Swinsmouth in relation to the moor. From what um, Mr. Templeton told me before his uh, untimely demise, uh, he was he had heard rumours of this uh, this Abijah Cooper and had spoken to the man. And he possessed uh, these these strange lenses, which allowed him to see the faintest trace of dust left by the shattered stone. Now, Abijah promised to show Mr. Templeton a secret path known only to him, which led to this place of magical waters, where, if I'm correct, the stone currently, or a large fragment of it, currently lies. Mr. Templeton, not wanting to face whatever potential dangers there might be on his own, agreed that he would return with men with him and then they would travel on to this this place and they would locate the stone unfortunately as i've said when he returned he came to me to uh, attempt to hire some men for him and he knew that i had an interest in certain things but as i say by the time he reached me his his illness was too far gone and he, he unfortunately passed on but uh, i i thought that, well it seems a a terrible shame with all the work I've put in and all the work he's put in to, to simply allow such an opportunity to go to waste. So I determined that I would also hire some people. I would then travel to Swinsmouth, attempt to ingratiate myself with this Abijah Cooper and see if I could persuade him to show me this secret path to this place of magical waters. Hmm. Well, if this note or this... Um this map or something is some sort of introduction that may maybe makes it easier to find this stone and well the the, the the map does have some uh some written material by uh, mr templeton and it does have his his mark at the bottom of it so i was hoping by showing that to this uh this abajaya that i could convince him that you know i was of the same ilk as the unfortunately departed mr templeton and that i could pick up the business that Templeton originally had with him. Would you say this stone is magical? Oh yes, m most definitely. It's a, 
it's it's a wonder of the world. It's a from what from what I understand from the legends I have I have pieced together, originally the they and I, legends tend to be a little bit fanciful, but I believe in most of them there is a small grain of truth if you can find it. From what I've pieced together, it is said that in in the olden days when the ancient ones walked the world, they set great stones around the world that would draw in the sort of chaotic energies of magic to prevent it from going wild and running out of control and the stones would draw in this energy and over the years many hundreds of years the the energies that have that have been absorbed the magical energies suffused the stones and gave them properties like which a normal stone is not rumored to possess the the most notable of which and most that I'm concerned with being the curative powers and at some point in time I don't know exactly who someone bestowed the name of the philosopher's stone it is also known as the the chaos stone the weird stone it, it's had numerous names throughout history depending on the storyteller's relationship with magic and the stone itself I've also heard of r rumors that uh, there were such stones in other lands although this is the nearest to to where I happen to be. It is the it is the most accessible to me. It's a, and it's the first strong and definite lead I've had in a good long while. After all, legends are all well and good, and they've they've brought me to within the general vicinity of the of the philosopher's stone. But this is the first time I've I felt almost close enough that I could I could reach out and touch the stone itself. And he start you see he's getting like more animated and like more excited as he's as he's talking that like you've obviously like hit on his specialist subject also guessing that these waters seeped in this stone should you retrieve it will fetch us a small little profit indeed well it's 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 well known that when the the center of the island collapsed into the great chasm known as the beast's maw that the many and various underground tombs temples etc that once littered the the witch isle many of them were exposed on the walls of the beast's maw it's my belief that with some of them exposed potentially one of them has flooded or water has ran in somehow and if the water has run into one of these areas where a large deposit of the philosopher's stone lies then as i mentioned earlier with the steeping process it is not unreasonable that the waters around the stone would have taken on certain properties and i believe that's why to the locals of swinmouth they they call it the place of magical waters although i mr temper does mention that the uh the, the village is a is a strange sort of backwards place uh, probably very superstitious and give obviously with a fanciful name like the place of magic waters uh, it's a little bit inaccurate for my standards, but well, we can't expect simple villagers to uh, to understand this sort of thing. Well, then, what do you say, gentlemen? Well, adventure, treasure, 
the chance of maybe helping Weimar with his uh, unfortunate situation. Uh, and of course, it goes without uh -oh. saying, uh, my my muscular friend, that uh, my my only interest on the island is the is the stone itself. Should you come across anything else, and you see it as just recompense, that's not my concern. I'm I simply want to ensure that I get to the stone and retrieve the stone. As I say, there are many there are many underground temples. Uh, tombs etc on the island before its collapse if you should find anything there that you believe can compensate you for your efforts as well I, I have no issue with that I'm, my, my only concern is the stone you're not going there no no I'm, I'm going of course I'm going but all I'm saying is if let, let me paint you a hypothetical picture let's say we're Let's say we're wandering through some sort of ruined uh, tomb or something like that, and we spy the the stone in a pool at the far end, and you happen to look down, my fine fellow, and you you say, "Oh, there's a there's a pile of ancient gold coins here, and there's a there's a rather nice suit of armor and a sword," and you go, "Well, I'd I'd quite like those coins and the armor and the sword." That's fine. I'm not concerned with that. Do do what you will with anything else you find. It's only the stone I'm bothered about. Uh, that's that's my sole goal. But as I've said, there are there are supposedly dangers on the island, and I want to, I want to make sure that unlike Mister Templeton, I I make it to the stone and make it back in one piece. And as I've said, my men are all very well for for guarding uh, wagons and stuff like that. But if I'm going into potentially unknown dangers in an area that has collapsed and was once home to one of these great stones well I, I believe I would be foolish not to try and locate the most proficient people to act as guards uh, wayfinders etc whilst I travel there and obviously I have as I've said I have heard of all of your miraculous reappearance following the uh, following the troubles that went on on Valconan so And what if there is no treasure save the stone? Well, then I will, I will compensate you monetarily. As I said, once I have the stone, the the curative power of it, I will be able to distribute to people, and it will no doubt. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, it will no doubt make me a very wealthy man indeed. And if you have not found sufficient treasure to to recompense you for your part in this business. Once I am up and running with the stone, I am more than happy to compensate you monetarily. And of course, I, I do have some resources even before I find the stone. So, as I said, we, we can discuss terms, etc., So I wouldn't want to insult you by offering a, a sum of money that is too low. So t tell me, gentlemen, what would be your price for for your involvement and your assistance in this venture? Chico. Ah, I'm sorry, my fine fellow, what was that? What's the total? How much have you got? 
Well, I don't, I don't have to, to brag about the amounts of money I have, but let, let's just say I'm a, I'm not short of a gold crown or two. So, there's a couple of variables here. I think we need to have a quick discussion. Um, mm. alone. Oh, of course, of course. Well, well, I tell you what, how about uh, myself and my fellows here? We'll, I'll go and get them a, a round of drinks. We'll uh, we'll have some drinks and some food. Like I say, our, our journey has been uh, dusty and dry. Uh, we'll go and refresh ourselves over at the bar. When you've had your discussion, uh, g give me a wave and uh, we can come back over and we can discuss terms. How does that sound to you all? Of course, if you if you decide not to not to accept, of course I I'm not going to lie, I will be disappointed, but I, I will understand. You know, I will I will seek assistance elsewhere. You're under no obligation, of course. I I simply believe that, as I said, I need proficient people, and well, you, you are these these mythical founders of New Zealand who've returned from Leander only knows where after the the, the time of troubles, and your your companion here, he gestures at Weimar, has astronomically rocketed up the uh, the military strata of New Zealand. So, well, I thought start at the top, and if you if you are not in agreement, I, I will go to a lower rung and I will work my way down until I find someone who is agreeable. But if I can get the top men for the job, why would I not do so? Anyway, 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 I'll I'll I'll, I'll leave you all to your discussion. Uh, myself and my men will be over at the bar. Should you uh, should you need us, uh, any sort of a bow and he walks with his man over to the bar starts getting him some drinks and some food and whatever and you quickly sort of like lose lose the sound of their like hushed conversation as like other people are filtering back in now and sort of general chattering is going on in the, the tavern so first thing mention of tombs we know who was buried there that might still be the case. It might be someone else now, because who knows? <laughs> but we know that who was there before, and it was not good. <laughs> it was not good, not healthy to be around there. Um, if the people who are entombed on that aisle are actually walking about. Uh, alleged magic waters that could make fighting anything a bit difficult mm. did we hear that the sword mm -hmm. is also in the pit in the pit i was just gonna say that myself do we not need to go to the island anyway we do, but i thought we were dealing with this duke before we did anything else last time we did something like this we all went missing for 10 years yes that's true <laughs> maybe uh, that is um, a very good point. But the, uh, is it not the swords that would bring a conclusion to a lot of these it, problems? It, it does have more weight in the grand scheme of things. And there's no easy, quick way to do one and then the other. Like, I mean, it's 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 relatively quick, I guess, to stop by the aisle. But if we want to start addressing things, it's going to take a while. For me, I think he brings nothing except danger. Bodies. 
Um, well, in fact, I'd like the cold, mate. You know, I'm definitely a New Zealander. Um, but he's he's travelling along. He's putting, I, his, he's putting his life at risk as well. Well, not at the minute, it's not. He's got four bodyguards. It's it's ill with me the thought that he would end up with the stone as well. Would he? I think his number one thing is he has done his research. Mm. Seems like, anyway. Let us ask him to wait for 12 days. And let us see. And come back and see what. And let us see how patient he is and how eager he is. Um, and let us deal with what needs to be done in Brackenwald. Mm. What was that ferryman's name again? Remelzar. Is that the same one from. Mm-hmm. From beyond yeah. time and space? Yes. Yeah. Somehow, also very important that we visit him because that that will be interesting to see what he has to say. Let's deal with the problem at hand, and then we can go and save the world. Hmm. Right? Shall I go and? I just wave at him like this. Time to bring beers. Uh, Maestro, please. <laughs> uh, and if you would, and I'll shout at the barkeep, a, a refill. The 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 barkeep sort of starts to say something, and then Fabio says, "Oh, I, I'll, I'll pay for that, of course." And like throws some like gold pieces on the uh, the counter, and walks over and says, uh, oh, "I'm pleased to uh, I'm pleased that you've uh, finished your discussions. Uh, good news, I hope." as he walks over with his men. That depends on on how flexible you intend to be with this. Uh, For we have pressing matters to tend to and I would ask for you uh, to wait until that Passes. Well, I mean, I'm that I'm I'm prepared to be reasonable, of course. But I mean, how long are we talking? I mean, it's it, two it's weeks. been a oh, two weeks. Two two weeks. Uh, it's uh, like I say, I, I I do want to be flexible. Like I say I want the best people on the job, but uh, well, it's uh, it, it, it's almost been my my life's work to try and find the the philosopher's stone, and now I'm now I'm so close. I'm sure you can understand that I. That I don't want to delay more than is absolutely necessary. Two weeks is necessary. At this point, I'm going to ask: Can one of you please make me a charisma check? It's up to you who makes it. <laughs> I am going to give He's you got a, the highest. I'm going to give you a minus two <laughs> bonus to the roll because obviously you're trying to roll under because this guy obviously is impressed by your rep because that's why he's trying to hire you, and he does want yeah, you he guys wants to hire the A team. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh. You guys obviously like big movers and shakers, so I do want to 
I want you on board. So he's prepared to like flex a bit, but he's also like, oh, but I'm so close to the stone. So well, I've got eight charisma, so if anyone can beat that, they're going ahead of me. <laughs> I've got I have 12. 13. Yeah, I'm the least charismatic, which is why <laughs> I'm the leader. <laughs> so let's get him. Might be Brock busting out his Ice Walker persuasion skills then. <laughs> um, I'll say, well, unfortunately, that is the offer. If you. Uh, if you if you want the best people for the job, you've you've heard our group speak. Okay, make your charisma roll. Like I say, you get a minus two bonus. Uh, uh, it's been a while since we aced one of these, so. Well, you have definitely not aced that. Why don't you just do one? How about that? <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it, yeah, but basically, you, it, it comes out a bit more brusque than it was when you mentioned it. You still say the same thing that you know that's the offer. You want the best of the best, but it more comes out as you being like, "Look, you're going to wait two weeks. We're the best, or you can fucking do one." Uh, and he, he, he sort of like, he, he sort of gets a bit like flustered about that, and he's like, "Look, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I, I genuinely do want to have you all on board, but I." I'm afraid there's just no way I can wait two weeks. Not that I'm this close. Uh, if if that's your final offer, I will. I'm afraid I'll have to look elsewhere for for people to accompany me on this. I, I understand if you you've room. got other things going on. Room and board for you and your associates. Two weeks. Stay here. My coin. You will die if you go on that island. Okay, I'm going to allow Brock to remake the roll. Again, with a minus two, because you've like brought other factors into play. But this will be like the this last time, chance you get. If I get another roll like that, I'm punching him. I'll just let you know. Yeah, Brock just like pimp slaps him. <laughs> get out! Somehow get out of my pub. Oh, I made it. Okay, so as you're, as you're like Oh yeah, you stay here for like two weeks. My coin, I'll pay for like the room and board. He's like, your your coin, you say you'll uh, you, you'll pay for like the room and board for my for myself and my men. Mm-hmm. Mm, he, he looks a bit uncomfortable. He says, "Well, uh, and Brock, how do you sort of like reinforce this? Because obviously you're the one making the role. I so said, why am I putting this argument forward? But like you've made the role, so I'm, you have to. Sort I'm of just gonna in. sort of stand up and crack just... your like yeah. Just, just basically hover over him and the rest of his men, and just compare myself to him and the rest of his group, uh, and just say, you know, by all my, by all means, try and find some other men that you think are um, up to the task, and I just sort of just try and dwarf them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, kind of like Brock like getting his like flex on, <laughs> putting out a gun show. Like, are you gonna find anyone with these? Mm -hmm. he, he sort of says, "Well, I, I well, I, I suppose I, I have been looking for it for so long that uh, I suppose another two weeks isn't going to isn't going to kill me. And I'd, uh, as you say, I'd, I definitely want to actually get there in one piece, get the get the philosopher's stone, and get back. I wouldn't want to rush into things and have, have it all be for naught. Uh, but to to lose it at this stage." Uh, yeah, so if, if you're willing to pay for the uh, 
for, for the room and board for, for myself and my man. Uh, I'll, I'll give you your two weeks. Uh, Malcolm. Just to make a note of that. Yeah. I'm pleased by this outcome. We don't need any more dead bodies on that island. And this is not me trying to scare you. I'm sure you've read up on... Well, well, well yes, of course. And that is that is one of the reasons why I, I wanted to come straight to yourselves. Because I, I know from my research that at least some of you have been to the island before it collapsed in on itself. And I... I'd be a fool not to take advantage of people who have that knowledge. I mean, my the legends I studied and the histories are all very well, but they're they're secondary source material at best. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's uh, we have first-hand knowledge of the uh, the absolute danger that may still be quite uh, lurking about. So um, enjoy yourselves. Um, I would suggest. Doing business with the locals in the meantime. Oh well, and, yes, yes, uh, of course. Uh, I shall. Uh, I shall endeavour to keep my uh, my business interests going and such like. Okay, so guys, assuming that you're you're paying for like a shared room for them, that's mm-hmm. going to be like two silver pieces a night. So t- two weeks, you're looking at. 14 days, you're looking at like 28 silver pieces. We'll round it up to like 30 just because they get the odd drink and whatever. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to cross off 30 gold pieces out of your funds, that's paid for. You you sort it out with the um, the barman of the hunter and beetle. Not a problem. Mm-hmm. What yeah, time of the day is it, John? Let's see. It was early morning when he arrived there. There's been a bit of sailing, a bit, bit of conversation. I would say we're probably just before noon now. Okay. Um, do we want to leave today or should we go in the morning? We need to find a scout and some horses. I think might as well get started. Okay. It won't be um, won't be a hard place to find Brackenwalder, will it? No, but a scout would know that where to cross the river and yeah, I suppose the river is the thing, right? Yeah. Either we either we get a boat or we we get someone who knows where to actually cross it. Or we go on the horses and yeah, probably get across without yeah too much trouble. Do we? Uh, I don't think we need the cart now. Do we? No. We might find a whole lot of treasure. Um, In Brackenwall. Well, <clears throat> depends which route you take. Well, Clinton might find a whole lot of treasure. Uh, mm. We might rule the missing cart. I suppose, yes, they do have a castle. Four four saddlebags will will not be enough. (laughs) Um, Well, you could get a cart on the way back. (laughs) Buy a cart. Buy source one locally. Yeah, that's part of the deal. (laughs) Okay, so I guess there's some sort of Market come mercenary guild come jobs hall something that we could go to to try and find a there's there's definitely there's definitely the local market that takes place uh, on Sundays like the big market but obviously there are traders there like the rest of the time but it's like the big market takes place on a Sunday. What about the trappers? Surely, 
surely some of the trappers would be a good idea because they'd be probably fishing up there. Yeah. We're going to need a location. I thought your crimson coin lot would probably know the surrounding area as well. I don't think they venture downstream to rob fish. Well, they go to Bracken Walden then. In and out, but probably most likely through the forest, I would. Yeah, we're still across the river at some point, I would imagine. Now, obviously, we're, yeah. we're we're currently on Saturday, so you know that like tomorrow is like the big market day. But like I say, there are traders there during other days. It's not just not the big massive market. Yeah. Uh, I'll approach the barkeep. <clears throat> um, uh, I need a scout, someone who knows the way to Brackenwald. Can you recommend someone? He says, uh, well... I don't, don't know about scouts. So uh, he said there's there's plenty of like woodsmen and uh, fur trappers and stuff like that uh, living in huts on the edge of the wolf forest. If you want someone who knows the area, you, you're probably best seeing if you can get one of them. I mean, a lot of them come into come into New Zealand on the market day. You know, trade their furs, uh, pelts, and stuff like that. So yeah, one of them would probably be the best bet. I can't say I have like a great deal of dealings with them, but you know, occasionally some of them stop by the tavern. You know, like. They've come to trade. They stop here overnight before heading back to their homes. Okay. And is there anybody in town who would know them? Bird riders, I guess. He says. Uh, he says. Well, yes. Um, there's a. Uh, there's obviously like the the regular sort of fur traders uh, up in the uh, the north side of uh, New Zealand. Uh, they they might be able to to tell you. Okay. Well, I have to go and buy some. Uh, food anyway so i'll walk up that way and see if i can find someone all right right you are right you are and i'll tip him a silver piece and head on okay he happily accepts the the silver piece Okay, so I know you're not all quite on the map yet, but uh, we'll go through this. But the, he's basically directed you to the to the north of the city, just to the south of the northern gate or north gate, and says, "Oh, there's like there's a lot of fur traders, like the ones who are like well established, who have sort of like permanent premises in the city, who are sort of like located in that area." Cool. So I'll just find one whatever the first one i find is and i'll just knock in yeah no problem um, you, you head up to the the north of the city and as you get nearer to the north gate you notice that the sort of fairly plush surroundings and the the sort of upscale shops and stuff like that they become a little bit more rustic as you get nearer the north gate you see a lot of people selling like animal pelts, furs, uh, meat, trail rations, stuff like that. Okay. Um, cool. So I'll just find the first furrier um, and <clears throat> I'll approach and um, 
Um, I'm looking to travel to Brackenwald, um, and I'm wondering if you might be able to recommend a woodsman who could show us the way and help us cross the river. And the, uh, the the fellow you're talking to says, uh, "Yeah, I'd do a, uh, I'd do a bit of fur trapping up uh, up near uh, Brackenwald ways. As it happens, uh, you heading there to trade or something? Are you?" Uh, we're going to see there. the Duke. Oh, we're going to see the Duke. Yeah. He says, "Oh, man, managed to get yourself an audience, have you?" He says, "Oh, you must be well in then." Ah, uh, perhaps not, but we understand he is in the market for the skills that we provide. Right. Well, yeah. He says, uh, "You know, if the price is right, I can certainly." I can certainly show you the way to a uh, Brackenwald. It's a, uh, you thinking adding over the hills, or do you want to take the uh, the slightly easier route? Uh, we were going to bring horses, so we thought we would make better time, not over the hills. But you know, we're newly arrived, so we're open to suggestions from people who know the land better, like yourself. He says, "Well, I normally go through the hills myself, just because the uh, the trapping's better there. You know, the terrain suits what I do better, but." Uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. If you if you're taking horses and whatnot, there's all manner of like uneven ground there that would slow you down on horses. We're probably best to track north, following the river. There's a there's a ford up north. We can you could probably get your animals across there. Then it's probably a day or two okay. trek west to uh to Brackenmore. Okay. Can you leave today? He says, well, yeah. If the if the price is right, I mean, what are we talking? I mean, obviously, I'd have to leave my business here. I'd have to shut up shop. So. I need a bit of recompense for the loss of trade and whatnot. Yeah, I think we could see ourselves. How much would you think such a service would cost? He says, wow, let's... It's not, it's not a dangerous trip. Let's call it uh, 20 gold crowns. That'll seem right. Yeah, that seems reasonable. We give you a quarter now and the rest when we arrive. Yeah, that's fine by me. Okay, no problem. He says, oh, uh, the name's Francis, by the way. Ah, nice to meet you, Francis. I'm Malcolm. He you know, takes uh, the money you've offered him and he says, uh, he says, right, well, you want to head off immediately. Is that right? He says, say what? Uh, I need about an hour to wrap up some food and some horses and for my friends to get ready that's great i was going to say i i need about half an hour anyway to like shut up the shop and secure it and stuff like that so yeah um so what say we and he sort of like points down the um the sort of main thoroughfare towards the north gate is like what say we meet by the north gate just there in about an hour and then we can we can get on the way that's good we'll see you there yeah we'll see you there i'll see you actually go about your business Cool. So, I'm guessing we'll just repurchase the same four horses we sold, um, and uh, pick up enough food for whatever two weeks travel. Now we have four horses. We got four more horses and sold them. Okay.
Okay. Cool. So I think we're ready to go. Okay. Splendor. Yeah. So you meet Francis, this this furrier that has been hired by yourselves to convey you or lead the way to Castle Brackenwald. As you're uh, as you're sort of like chatting, and he's saying, "Oh, you know, we'll uh, we'll soon be getting underway," and he's just like checking over your horses and whatever. You can see he's got a horse of his own. It's not really quite as good as yours, but it looks serviceable. And he says, right, well, what we'll be doing, we'll be trekking north for, we'll be about three days. We'll, eventually we'll reach what, a, it's the ruins of an old, uh, I think it's an old like, abbey or church or something like that. Once we reach that, we track west, there's a ford over the river, and then it'll be like another couple of days. There's some weird, like, old, like, wooden gate thing. I don't know what the fuck it is, but some weird old, like, wooden gate thing. And once we get to that, Brackenwald's, like, half a day to the west of that. That sound all right for everyone? He says that, looking around, you can see he's, like, he's got all of his travelling gear on. He's got, like, a, a bow sort of unstrung across his back. He's got all his, like, saddlebags on his horse and whatever. Yep, sounds great, Francis. Thank you very much. No, no worries, no worries. Right, is there anything else you need to know, need to sort out before we head out? But better you ask now than when we're on the trail. No, I think we're good. He, he sort of looks around at the rest of you as well. Is that any of you lot? And he sort of scratches good his sort of stubble. Good to go, Francis. Right, right you are. Follow me then, and he... He sort of starts on his horse, like leading you out to the north gate of the city. And you travel north for a day. As you're heading across the... Sort of like this bit here. So like just near the end of the first day. You notice that coming from the direction of the moor, there seems to be a, a sort of like a fairly strong, constant like flow of like wind it's like a very strong wind that whistles across his area it's not strong enough to like blow you off your horses or anything like that but it's noticeably stronger than in the surrounding lands brock and malcolm you can probably see that like the way the landscape is shaped like the winds being like funneled down in the direction of this this river here but like i say it doesn't really cause you any trouble and you travel onwards you're just getting to the end of the first day when as you look to your west across the river you can see some older ruins that will probably be familiar to some of you as you see the the crumbling remnants of the temple of the sun which some of you have visited previously just across the river from where you are Obviously, you start uh, getting set up for the evening, you know, making camp, etc. Obviously, Francis helps with that. You've got your cart, you've got your horses, you've obviously got uh, your retainer, your teamster, Simon Duran, the man with the, the world's biggest nose, with you. They're all helping, like, set up the camp, etc. Nothing dramatic happens on the first evening. You wake up the next morning the weather's slightly colder but 
it's nothing too untowards. You see, like Francis is already like basically packing his stuff up, getting ready to head on, and you continue to the northwards. Obviously, at any point, if any of you like want to break and do like other stuff rather than just traveling, let me know. About halfway through the next day, you pass what appears to be a large sort of copse of birch trees, sort of situated on the very edge of the wolf forest, which is a little bit odd because the wolf forest is mainly now seemingly oak trees, but it's just like this like isolated little copse of uh, birch trees. You continue on past those trekking northwards, making pretty good time because obviously you're on the horses. Even with the cart, we have to go around a few things. It seems as though Francis is like taking you along fairly even terrain, so you're making pretty good time. So I'm going to ask, can one of you, it's up to you who it is, roll me four D10s? I can, yeah. I was going to say, like, someone else take a stab because my rolls are always abysmal. Uh, looks like one, one. Okay, that is absolutely fine. So. Just have a little look here. Boom. Okay, so as you're as you're sort of getting towards the end of the day, you're continuing your travels, you're just looking around for like a site to to make camp for the evening. You see a what appears to be a small wagon. There's a a couple of men like sat on the front, one of them like driving the wagon, and you can hear like a very faint like groaning coming from within the wagon. Although due to its like built up sides, you can't really see what's in the wagon. It's got like a tarp over it, but you can hear like this uh, coming from in the wagon as they sort of like heading past you, sort of in the opposite direction. The the guy who's sat on the front of the horse. He, he looks a little bit shaken and a little bit pale, but he like he nods and he like tips his like tricorn hat. And then like carry on past you. Uh well Mesh, where are you travelling from? Oh uh, uh, morning to you. Uh, we're uh, we're well we're we're, 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 we're travelling to a uh, New Zealand. Uh, oh, where, where where are you heading yourself, stranger? Uh, we're heading to Castle Brackenwald. Oh, he says. Well, if uh, if you're heading to the north uh, and you're heading past the old uh, the old abbey, be careful. There's a uh, there's some strange beasts lurking around in that area. Uh, unfortunately, uh, injured one of my fellows. Uh, we're hoping to, uh, to to get him back to New Zealand. We're hoping the apothecary there will uh, will, will see him right. So you you forgive us if we don't delay overly long. What time of day were you attacked? He says, "Oh, it was uh, it was early evening." Uh, he says, I, "I I'd love to tell you uh, precisely what the what the, the things were, but uh, to be honest, I don't know. I mean, at first I thought it was it was bandits. I mean, they they, they seemed to walk like men, uh, but when they got closer there, it, it was as though all the all the skin had been peeled off their faces, just revealing the the, the skull, and it, it it looked more like a a, a wolf skull uh, on a on a." And he seems like he's uh, he's getting a bit worked up, and he's uh, 
the other guy sat next to him like puts a hand on his shoulder and he's like it's, it's fine it's fine he's like, and he takes over speaking as the other guy's like obviously like reliving this horrible experience he's, he's like yeah there were there were strange creatures like I say they they look they look like a man but they instead of a a man's head they had these these skulls he's like these more like a dog I think sort of like skulls for their heads and they they just came at us out of the out of the trees it was all we could do to get away except one of the they, they they clawed at our friend and he gestures at the back of the uh, the court um, at the way he took quite a deep wound to his chest uh, as I say we're hoping to we're hoping to get him to the apothecaries in New Zealand and hoping I mean they can do something I mean, we, we bandaged him up as best we can but we're not healers we 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 don't have that level of knowledge. But but yeah, I, I might want to try your garlic juice. The guy in the car looks confused. He's like garlic garlic juice. Well, he'd been to New Zealand before, surely. He says, "Oh, do you mean the um?" Do you mean the, the the holy anointment that's uh, that's laid on people as as you enter New Zealand? Uh, well, I, mm. I, I I believe that's suppose it from what they say that's to uh, to to low to, to discover people who aren't what they say they are. I I don't know that it has any healing properties. And anyway, I'm, I'm sorry we, we 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 can't stay. We need to we need to get our our friend back to New Zealand. But uh, I, I, as, a, as as my friend here said. Uh, be careful if you're heading to north, especially if you're in the area around the uh, the, the ruined abbey. That that's the direction they seem to come from. Anyway, we we'll, we must get going. I safe safe journeys to you all. And he sort of nudges his friend who lashes the reins, and the cart starts rumbling past you. And on we go. Okay, so you make camp for the evening, you set off the next morning, and near the end of the day, you indeed start to see the these ruins sort of approaching you, nearly on the on the bank of a bend in the river. Any of you who have been to the the ruined order of Solaris Abbey recognise these ruins. I believe it was also the place where you originally found the Sun Sword. You see that they they appear to have suffered greatly during the the upheavals that have bedeviled Valconan. Although you see several like recognisable bits of masonry, those of you who've been here before, much of the structure of the abbey has sort of collapsed or like fallen to the ground, and there's big bits of stone scattered everywhere. Amongst the stones, you see also what appear to be like the dead bodies of like some small animals, you know, like um, rabbits, hares, stuff like that. As you continue going, like I say, it's just getting to the end of the day, so it's starting to get dark as you arrive there. As you continue on, like looking for a, a place to make camp, you also see what appears to be like a, a deer or perhaps an elk carcass lying on its side, and it looks as though like the side of the animal has just been like torn out. Obviously, Malcolm and Brock as like hunters, you can see that it's not been done with like a knife, it's literally like been torn out. Like the side of this creature, like the rib cage has been shattered, sort of exposing like just this gaping chasm in the side of this elk, and there's like dried blood splattered all around it. You can see that like a few flies have settled on it, so 
presumably it wasn't done terribly recently, not within the last day or two. Any footprints or signs of what what's done this? You are you gonna spend some time looking around or are you just having a quick Well, I was just interested if it was like two footed or four I'll tell you what, maybe maybe creatures. a hunting growl. Hunting, yeah. Okay, you you have a quick look around while people are like making camp, and after a while you do indeed notice what appeared to be footprints in the area. Some of them are obviously like boot prints from like people. However, you also find some footprints that vaguely look like barefooted human footprints, but they appear to have like sort of, like the the toes are more sort of like clawed, like they've dug into the ground as whatever it was has been moving. But they're definitely from something bipedal. Hmm. And and they're heading off in what rough direction? They, they, they appear to be sort of scattered all around, like whatever has left these tracks sort of moves through the area like pretty regularly. You find hmm. a number of different sets of tracks. Okay. Well, I'll mention it to the others. Obviously, there's yes, these creatures so. come through this way quite often. Yeah, so as you guys are sort of making camp for the evening, it's getting dark. Obviously, you've got your lanterns set up so you can make camp, etc. You sat down, like, eating your evening meal, like your rations or whatever, near the, the fire. Brock sits down. He, he's, like I say, he's been wandering around, like, as he normally does, you know, like, scoping out the sort of wilderness around wherever you make camp, looking for obvious signs of danger. He comes back, tells you that he's found these tracks from what appeared to be, like, bipedal but clawed creatures, so it seems like they they pretty regularly travel through this area. Well, let us hope they're not here today. Yeah, there's no fresh. There weren't no fresh prints, was there? Th there was some fresh. Yeah. All right. Saying it was some form of trip ring or something. I mean, I'm assuming you guys like take watches and stuff like that, you know, the standard. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, as you guys settle down for the night, you're making whatever precautions you want. Brock, can you roll me a d6? A, a one. Okay, it's a one. So, assuming that both Francis, Duran, and yourselves are all taking a watch... That means there's effectively six of you taking a watch. So I'm going to ask, why, Mark, can you please roll me a d6 as well? Okay. Okay. So you're all sleeping soundly during the evening. All of your watches have passed fairly uneventfully to be perfectly honest you're all snoozing away enjoying a relaxing evening sleep when Brock you're suddenly awakened by like someone like shaking your shoulder yeah you look up, up you look up and you see the, the the large conch of the slightly panicked looking Duran your teamster he sort of like stood over you and he's obviously been shaking your shoulder and he's like He's like, I, I, I think I heard something just over there. It sounded like uh, wolves or, 
or, or dogs like, like yapping or howling and it, and it's just sort of like your senses are coming back because you're like you're shrugging off the sleep like instantly awake like ready to go indeed in the distance you can hear like a sort of like a low sort of like, so like almost like dogs yapping this mm-hmm. is coming from like a number of different points around like almost like a, a pack of dogs would like communicate with each other yeah okay well i shall certainly get him to start waking others up and i will continue to wake up the rest of the group while picking up my sword um and yeah doing it as quietly as possible and telling him to do the same yeah not a problem you pick up your weapons everyone's now awake you've all been told sort of like what's going on so you're all free to act as you're all sort of awake you notice just beyond like the range of your firelight you see what appears to be a single like shadowy figure let's say bipedal but like hunched over it appears to have a, a tail of some kind dragging behind it and it appears to be sort of like circling around the area that you're in but sort of staying away from like the fire and occasionally you hear like this sort of like low like yapping sound from it if it if it stood upright it'd probably be five six feet tall but i'd say it's it's quite hunched over as it moves um i would like to shoot us yeah go for it make an attack roll there's no penalty because you, you've got the torchlight you can see it uh, uh. Ooh, not so much. Not so much indeed. So yeah, you uh you fire off an arrow into the darkness you hear it strike a tree or some leaves behind where this thing is you see it sort of duck down as it obviously feels the the arrow whip past it and as it sort of like stumbles forward a bit obviously reacting instinctively as this arrow goes past it it stumbles a bit more fully into the light and you see it appears to be this humanoid figure it has a long tail with like a some bony clubber-like protuberance on at the end of it and instead of a, a human face it has this like I said, it's like skull-like visage that's stretched out and elongated like a canine skull it sort of looks up as obviously it realizes it's staggered forward and you can now see it lets out this low growl under its breath and then it starts like springing back into the the undergrowth heading away from you what do you guys do what time is it it's it's probably about one two in the morning I was going to say, do the other sounds start to sort of follow this thing? Do they become more distant? 
no, they seem to stay sort of roughly where they are, but they seem to become a lot more like animated and like the the, the the sort of like low like barking and growling becomes like these like excitable like yips and sort of yaps. Almost like if you've ever heard hyenas on like a wildlife program, a bit like that. I'm going to start to put my armor on. Probably a bat. Yeah, I'll gear up too. Um, Case. Can I try and sneak into the woods and try and creep up on one? Try and yeah. get a sense of how many there are. Yeah, sure. Have you got an applicable skill or anything like that? I have a... It's a surprise attack skill. Uh, which was successful. Yep, so you you sort of stealth into the woods. Uh, you follow one of these sounds. You sort of like pick it out with your, your elven hearing. You, you sneak through the woods. And as you do, you see up in a tree above you, sort of crouched on like a large branch, is another one of these creatures. You see like its tail like moving slightly is that it's using it for balance. And it's got its clawed sort of like nails on its feet dug into the tree one hand for one of a better term against the trunk to keep it steady and occasionally when it hears these other yips and barks it sort of responds in kind okay it, um, it, it has not spotted you at the moment okay how high up in the tree is this it's maybe sort of 10 foot up in a tree okay okay so I would like to shoot this one as well okay go for it make it a tap roll uh... ooh okay uh, I think that's a hit for five points. It is indeed. <clears throat> so you hit this creature. It falls out of the tree, lands nearby. It starts struggling to its feet with your arrow sort of sticking out of its chest. You can see this blood, sort of red blood dribbling down its torso. It looks obviously shaken because it didn't even know you were there. And now it's like, uh, falling out of the tree. But it's like very sort of shakily. Like getting to its feet, you see like its tail sort of like lashing around behind it, and every time this like bony protuberance hits the ground, it makes like a loud. Okay. Um. So if I can, I would like to then swing my sword and try and put it out of its misery. Okay. No problem. Make a tackle. Uh. Okay, that is not enough. Okay. Okay, so we are effectively in combat rounds now. So what I'm going to suggest we do to give you time to set up the map, because obviously this is a, a random encounter. I'm sure you've all guessed. I'm going to suggest we take a sort of five-minute comfort break, come back in five minutes. That'll give me time to set up a little map, and then we'll jump straight into it, and we'll do the initiative and all the normal shizzle we do. Cool. Right, back in five.
Okay, so I've uh, I've opened up a, a fairly generic forest map for this. I've obviously put uh, put Malcolm and his dog sort of like a bit distant from you guys. He's been scouting around in the woods. He's got this creature next to him. And I'll sort of plonk you guys roughly where your camp is in relation. Each square is 10 foot on this map. Obviously, I've not included the non-combatants just to keep things as clear as possible. So, just sort of sorry to wait for Rob's for the map to load up. I'm here now, yeah. Okay, lovely. Okay, so hopefully you can see that you're up near the the top left. Avanos is down near the lower right, and you've got this creature sort of next to you here. So we're going to go into the the standard combat rounds. So since you're the nearest, uh, Malcolm, can you roll a d6 for initiative? And I'm obviously going to roll a d6 for the antagonists. Okay, four. so so we're effectively going simultaneously because I rolled a four as well. So. We'll get you guys to do your actions first, but obviously it's all actually happening simultaneously. So even if you kill this guy, he'll still get to do his actions. It's happening at the same time. So before we get to uh, Malcolm, the rest of you guys in your sort of camp area down in the, the bottom right, obviously you can hear this yapping and sort of snarling coming from the trees sort of around here and over here and over here. What do the rest of you guys want to do? How much light is there? I would say there's a fair amount of light here. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a moon up. So you, you're pretty much okay. But the trees do cast like long, deep shadows. I've not put the night filter on the map just so it's easier for us to see as players. Yeah. There's enough light to see by because of the moon. But like I said, there are plenty of areas of shadow dotted around because of these trees. I will head towards a tree shadow mm -hmm. and start notching my bow. Okay, no problem. Move yourself to where you want to go. Like I say, each square's 10 feet. Yeah, and you start notching your bow. Okay, what about Brock and Lan? Um... You said they were sort of coming from this sort of direction up here. From here, and from here, and from here. Yep. So those sort of three, yeah? Okay. Yeah. So um, from, from your expertise at hunting, you base, you're basically sort of guessing that rather like sort of pack tactics have probably tried to encircle you. They've maybe sent one in just to like scope it out. And obviously now now this, this creature, whatever it is, the one who went in has like given the signal that the rest of them seem to be sort of like moving in. Um, well, we're going to, me and Lan are going to sort of do a defensive sort of stance around the civilians, if you want to call them that. Okay. To form a bit of a sort of a circle or a defensive wall. Yep. Keep an eye out. Excellent. Okay, Weimar, what about yourself? I don't know, I guess I'll um, 
sort of step behind Brock and uh, get the bow out, get ready. Okay. With that. No problems. Malcolm. <coughs> okay. This thing, so, this thing is getting to its feet. It's obviously planning to like go for you. Cool. So I will try and end it before it does. Oh, that's potentially better. 14. That is indeed a hit. And that, because obviously with the damage you've already done to this creature, that will be enough to kill it, but obviously it's still going to get to act this round because it's going simultaneously. Now, what I'm going to do okay. is the, the creatures that are in the trees are effectively all going to start rushing out, but if like any of them get into combat with you guys... Those of you who haven't like done an attack, you will be able to do an attack because, like I said, this is all simultaneously. So you've sort of taken your defensive stance as they rush out. Weapons start swinging, etc. So you will still get an attack. It's not a surprise round. Okay, so just let me reveal all of these uh, guys since they're all sort of rushing out of the trees. So two of them charge towards the lamb. These ones here are moving forward towards your group. Couple here, you can hear like crashing through the trees now. This is them like charging effectively. Because they're they're sort of dropping like the pretense now. They it seems as though like whatever's going on up where Malcolm is has sort of like triggered them to all like dive in. Okay, so if you would like Brock to do lands attacks, you can do those. Like I said, this is all simultaneously, so as they run out, obviously she can attack. Okay, yep. She'll take a swing at the, the one that gets her first. Uh, it's only an 11, though. It's still a hit, so... Yeah, she slices into one with her sword, and you hear a sort of high-pitched whimpering as a rent is opened on its flesh. So I'm going to do the the two attacks from there. Uh, can Dog go as well? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, feel free. Uh, right, he'll just uh... that is not. A Nine hit, is probably not enough. Okay. No. Okay. So I'm going to do the two attacking a lamb, and they are going to attempt to lash her with their bony club-like tails. So first one scores a 15. Yep, 15 she's got. Okay, so that takes just four points of damage to her. And the next one also strikes her with its bony-like tail for another two hit points of damage. That's six hit points in total. Yep. So yeah, as these creatures run in, you see her slice one of them with her sword, and then they, they're basically almost sort of like their tails like arch over them, and you hear the, the dull thud of these like bony, like club-like growths on the tails just like slam into land. And she sort of like knocked this way and that way as they impact with her. 
Okay, so we have two attacking the dog. Again, they're coming in with their tails. That undoubtedly misses. And one hits for three hit points of damage on the dog. Okay. And again, they come running in, lashing with these tails. And we've got three on Malcolm, because obviously the one that's you've taken care of is still going to get a chance to attack because it's all simultaneously. Yeah. So these ones, they're effectively going to just try and rake at you with their claws. So first one. Hits you for a mighty two hit points of damage. Second one. Hits you for seven points of damage. A 19's a miss. Oh, 19's a miss. That's fine. Then. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay, so one of them manages to get a slight scratch on you, but you nimbly dodge the other two, stabbing out and taking care of the one that you have dealt with. Okay, so we go on to the next turn. So does one of you guys want to roll initiative? And I'll roll for them. I'll do it again. You only got to beat a one. Okay, we're going simultaneously again, but obviously you guys go first, and then we'll do the uh, the antagonist. So, Malcolm, what are you doing? Uh, I will just attack this guy nearest me. Okay. Uh, okay, that's ten points of damage on him. Yep. So you just hack this one down. Okay, and then dog will attack the one near him. Okay. Uh, Eleven for seven points of damage. Okay, this one's not quite dead, but very nearly as your dog sort of bears it to the ground, sinks its fangs into this creature's neck, and it's pretty much like tearing his neck out as this thing's trying to like claw at the dog. And get it off him. Okay, Quentin, what are you up to? Gonna shoot this one. Okay. Are you wrong? Okay, that is a hit. You hear a high-pitched whinny from this creature as it sort of stumbles, not quite falling, but you see your arrow like sink into its thigh. Okay, why more? I do the same. Same target. Just with uh, an arrow, or we're we getting black uh, longbow. Longbow. Okay. Longbow. Okay, and that is enough to finish this creature off. Now, obviously, normally it would get to make an attack simultaneous, but it's not going to reach any of you, so I'm just going to get rid of that. As literally, Quentin fires an arrow into its thigh. It's like picking itself up, like snaps this arrow out. So it starts getting ready to run towards you guys, and then like another arrow just hits it in the throat, and it just sinks to the ground. 
Okay, Brock. Uh, I'm going to do land first because she's going to continue to attack the same target. Yep, she has annihilated that. Obviously, it will still get to attack this round, but it is yep. done for at the end of this round. Uh, and I shall run in to attack these two creatures coming from the north. Okay. I'll take a big chunk out of that one. Yeah, on the, that, uh, right that, there. Oh, the one on the right, sorry. Okay, that is enough to have done for it. Okay, so I'm gonna do all the attacks for for the antagonists. Like I said, obviously it's happening sort of simultaneously. So um, move these outliers. Okay, so the two on the dog coming in with their claws. Probably doesn't hit. No. This one probably does. Yes, it does. That is six points of damage to the dog. As one of these creatures rakes its side. Okay, the the two on Malcolm. Blatant miss. And another miss, you nimbly avoid their blows. The two on Lam. Miss. And I hit for the second one, I believe. But it only does like two hit points of damage as one of them rakes her. Okay. But she like stabs it and finishes it off. We've got three on Brock. One misses. Second one misses. Third one misses. You literally like face palm them out of the way as they're sort of scrabbling at you, driving your sword into one of them and finishing it off as at the end of that round three of the creatures go down. Okay, next round. Can someone roll initiative? Simultaneous again. <laughs> what are the chances? It would appear the only rolls I'm good at are initiative rolls. Okay, so obviously again, you guys go. You guys go first. Effectively. So, Malcolm. Uh, okay, I can go. So, dog will try and attack his one. Ooh. That's a dead dogman. Yeah, that one is uh, done for. Now, what I would like to do is I would like to move where this one is and push it back a square away from my dog. Yeah, I don't see a problem with that. Okay. Oh, sorry. Too far. Uh, and then if I can I attack as well? Yeah, you've only moved like five foot, so no, sorry, ten foot, so let's see why not. Okay. Poof. Ooh. Oh. Uh, four points of damage on him. It's not enough to kill it as you launch a, a sort of vicious barrage of blows. However, it is enough to drive it backwards and away from dog. Okay. Uh, 
Okay. Okay, Quentin. I will shoot this one here. Okay. Poof. Okay, another arrow sinks into one of these creatures. You see it sink into one of its calves. It's now limping noticeably, albeit still moving. Brock. I shall continue to attack the one surrounding me. That's myself. Uh, 14. Okay, that is definitely a hit. So is it the one to the north or the one to the west, you would say? Just to the okay. west there. No problems. So that one will be done at the end of this round. Do you roll for Lan? I certainly will. I shall obviously be attacking the one to the south. Of course. Likewise, that one is done at the end of the round. Why more? This one's still going, right? Yeah, just gonna he, he's looping, but he's still going. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's try and finish him off. Here we go. Yeah, it's a hit. And that's a lot of damage. Indeed, he is likewise done at the end of this round. And since you've killed so many of them, I'm going to make a quick morale check for them. Okay, which they've passed. Okay, so the ones that aren't going to get to any of you, I'll just remove now. That one was on land, though. I just moved yeah, sort of to defend the others. I'll roll this attack now. It misses anyway. As it flails at land, she drives her sword into its throat, kicks it off the sword, then turns around and starts heading towards Weimar. Got a two on Brock. Misses. Yeah, they both flail at you with their claws. You block one on your forearm, taking no damage. Slice out wildly with your sword to the west of you, almost decapitating the one that's there. But it topples to the ground. Okay, so these ones are going to move in. So we've got the one on Malcolm, which is a miss, and that one will move in as well, so we've got two on Malcolm. Also a miss, so three on the, one, two, three, four on the dog. So that's six for the damage that's on the dog. That's a dead dog, yeah. Okay, yeah, so... As you're sort of like fending these two off, your dog tears out the throat of one of these creatures, but then the other three literally like fall on it like a pack of ravaging animals and just like tear the dog to pieces. Okay, next round. Who wants to roll for initiative? Okay, they're going first. So they are going to start withdrawing because you've literally just like killed almost all of them so these ones here 
they are just going to go for an all-out sort of retreat. So that means if you attack one of them in this round, you would get like a plus two bonus to your attack. Malcolm, because they're basically running away. Likewise, this okay. one that was fighting Brock, if you move up and attack it, you'll get a plus two. As basically they all start scattering and like running for the haven of the trees. Because like, you've killed most of them. Yeah, I'm going to attack it as it runs off. Yeah, move yourself up. So you get a plus two. Yep, so as that's running, describe how you brutally and efficiently hack it down. Uh, obviously, it's got its back turned. Um, and that as it's trying to get away, I should just plow the sword through the, the back of the thing and just pin it in place. Indeed, as it runs past a tree, you shove your... using your spear or your sword? Uh, my sword. Yeah. You shove your sword all the way through its torso and actually feel your sword like go into the tree. Then as you wrench it out, the body of this thing just like slides down the tree. Okay. I attack my guy as well. Okay. Five damage. It's still enough, so describe how you take out this one. <clears throat> so I think um, because my dog is dead and I'm not happy, what yeah. I want to do is I want to hamstring it and have it fall over, and then I'm going to sit down beside it and kind of cut its head off. Yeah, no problem. You slice its hamstrings as it runs. It goes sprawling on its front. You crouch down low next to its face. You can hear this sort of like ragged breathing because so it's already taken a lot of injuries. And you literally just like grab hold of its skull head, which feels... It has got skin on it now. You're actually touching it, but it's very like thinly stretched and conforms to the contours of the skull, which gives them the impression of having like a skull head. Almost like, so like, almost like it's halfway between like thin skin and like an exoskeleton, and you just grab under its jaw, sort of around it, so that it can't bite you. Pull its head back and <laughs> across its neck. Then, as you let it go, a pool of red spreads out below it, soaking into the the soil of the forest. Okay, who's next? Obviously, Quentin, Wymore. You still got your moves. As you look across to the west, you can see these three creatures sort of running for the safety of the trees. Is it safe to say that this creature is unaware of me? Yes. That's good. I'll do it four points of damage okay an arrow strikes it in the side as it's running it stumbles a little bit but continues to lope for the trees okay why not yeah that's fine carry on <laughs> so um I'll yeah, I'll keep following Quentin's lead. Uh, targeting that one. Okay. Make it wrong. 
Okay, so again, as previously, this one sort of stumbles and carries on running, then a second arrow thuds into it, like a few inches away from the first one, and it stumbles, slows as it see just the momentum carries it forward, but it's blatantly like lost muscular control, and it just like crumples into a heap on the ground. Have you got a wrestling tag team yeah. name yet, or is that still in, <laughs> in progress? <laughs> the sharpshooters. Okay, so we're on to initiative again. Does one of you guys want to roll? Ooh. Okay, so to uh, speed things up a bit, because these, these are in like full retreat, basically. If you guys want to like finish them off because you're doing it with like pretty ruthless efficiency, I'm happy to say that you guys have like finished off the like two or three remaining. Because like literally, Malcolm's got like one near him. There's two near the rest of you guys, which I'm pretty sure by the time they they get out of bow range, Quentin and Wymore will have taken care of them, given the sort of abilities you've shown so far. So if you guys want to finish them off, is that what you want to do? Yeah, yeah I think I'll so. make them extinct. Yeah. Okay. Not a problem. So we'll jump back onto the the main map as you finish off these horrible like skull-like creatures. The last of them falls to the ground, riddled with arrows. Malcolm decapitates another one. You look around in case any more of these creatures spring out of the trees. But after a few moments, you're all panting. You're also like a little bit out of breath no further creatures appear to cause you any problems. Like I say, it's about one or two in the morning. There's a, a bright moon up in the sky. What do you guys want to do? Have a drink of water. <laughs> yeah, no problems. You've got you've got your rations and your water skins and whatever. Celebration. <laughs> uh yeah, I think we'll give it a little bit of time just to make sure that it's all clear and there's no sign of anything coming back. And Is this is the Furia aware of these things? Do you know what they are? He says, uh, he says oh, well, I've, uh, I've heard tell of them. I've, I've never encountered them myself. Uh, uh, from what I hear, they're called Skullweirs. He says, uh, they, uh, they, they they lurk around near them, uh, them ruins up there, and he like, points at like, the, the ruined... Uh, Solaris Abbey, where, as I said previously, several of you have visited, but rather like the the Temple of the Sun, it seems to have fared pretty poorly, given the recent upheavals in Balcon. And you see several like bits of masonry you recognise if you've been there before, but by and large, like a lot of the structure seems to have collapsed. And he's new to the area, new to rumours, or are these? Uh been around for some time francis says oh we've no, seen them before francis says oh, yeah. oh well I, I've, I've not seen them before myself but i oh yeah i've heard uh, i've heard talk about them going back oh oh it, years and years so i've uh, I, i've never heard of them in, in, attacking anyone in like these numbers though well if malcolm's seen them before then obviously they're not a new thing it says yeah you hear the odd you were the odd tale when, like a trailsman, will, uh, will uh, come into New Zealand and say they've uh, they've seen strange creatures like these lurking about. But like I said, I've never heard tell of them 
uh, attacking in these numbers before. Uh, from what from what I heard, they're mostly scavengers. Hmm. And he sort of like Francis like kicks one gingerly with his boot, like turning its body over. It's a ugly looking cuss though. Sell the skulls. Should we try and find their camp and see what brought so many of them? Perhaps in the morning. Yeah. Should be tracks, right? Yeah. Okay, the, the rest of the evening passes fairly uneventfully. You get a bit more sleep before the, the sunlight wakes you up. Obviously, you finish your watches, etc. Mercifully, nothing else happens to interrupt your sleep during the course of the evening. You, you wake up in the morning, the sun's shining. When when you get up, so like Francis is already up. He seems to like rise pretty much with the sun. Perhaps it's part of his trade. You can see he's like he's packing all of his stuff into like his saddlebags and like getting ready to set off. He like nods at you all as you're like waking up. You can see also uh, Duran, your teamster, is up and he's he's obviously like checking the horses and checking the cart, and you're inspecting the wheels, make sure there's no damage to the cart through all the travelling you've been doing, etc. Seeing you waking up, Francis says, uh, "Oh, uh, if we." Uh, if we forge out westwards now, where you see the river over there, there's a there's, there's a shallow and a ford there that we, we should be able to take your animals across. He says, well, then I reckon it's uh, another couple of days, maybe day and a half at a push, and we, we should sight uh, Castle Brackenwald. Okay. I think we might spend an hour trying to find where these creatures came from before we set out. Yeah, well, that, it says, well, you, you're paying for the trip. It's up, it's up to you what you want to do. Okay, so how do you guys intend to go about, like, trying to track these creatures? Like, look from what are you doing? I guess <clears throat> I'll go back to the one I found in the tree, the first one. Okay. And then try and trace his tracks back to where he came from. Um, okay, maybe a hunting or a tracking role. Uh, so um. okay. okay so you track the trail of this unfortunate creature back to the the ruined abbey and as you approach the sort of ruins you see what appears to be the signs of like several species of like large, I mean, like really large, like insects. But it's just like the hollowed out shells of these insects, like someone's like scooped them out of the shells and they're just like littered all around the outside of this, uh, the, the ruins of this abbey. You also find like evidence of these creatures, right? Like dung tracks, uh, etc., littered about. But you notice that like all of the uh, the insect like carapaces that you find, they they all appear to have like been there for like a fair old amount of time. You know, like there's moss growing on them, etc., stuff like that. And they're the big beetles that we recognise, are they? Yep. Okay. And you, I say you, you okay. with your weapon, you like flip over like a couple of these shells, 
and it literally almost like you know like someone like eating an oyster or something like that they've like scooped everything out all like the meat out of the shells and you find like a few like bits of like insect chitin and stuff like that littered about but like I say it's obviously been they've obviously been here for like quite some time these discarded remnants of this like this feast that someone's apparently had on these giant insects okay so it looks like they came for food so looking outrageous here so perhaps we'll press on yep you have a you have a quick scout around the ruins before you head back and again you see these like empty like beetle carcasses like everywhere that are scattered all throughout the ruins and then you you return to your companions And then press on across the river. Okay, no problems. You head across the river. You travel for a day. You're this again. There's this like small, sort of shallow area that Francis mentioned to you. This ford. You have to slow your progress a little to like get the horses and the carts over there. But as he said, it's pretty shallow at this point. There's like rocks that have sort of built up and like sediment. And there's a few odd moments where like it looks a bit shaky or unstable but you all make it across without incident and you continue on the other side of the river your first day passes uneventfully you all rest for the evening wake up the next morning and continue onwards near the end of the next day as you're sort of heading through into like a sort of slightly wooded area, not as a not so dense foliage as the the wolf forest, you you had round a copse of like dense trees, and you see a familiar sight loom up ahead of you as you see this what appears to be almost like a gate made out of trees that have grown together with like carved faces in it, and you recognise the the gateway that you once passed through on the Dolmenwood side what was known as the Wench Gate in Dolmenwood and when you saw it previously it had all these like jovial faces that sort of like talked in a sort of strange way when people went through the gate in like a jovial nonsense way however when you now look at it all the faces are like expressions of horror they're all like almost like something like Edvard Monk's The Scream so on these uh these trees. I'm sorry, I can't really do a very good expression of horror, but you get the drift. And you see this sort of wooden gateway, which you know previously used to exist on the Dolmenwood side. That's what you came out of when you went through the gate in the Wolf Forest. And as you look to the west, you see the the walls and the the town surrounding Castle Brackenwall, this fortification set on a hill, maybe half a day's ride to the west of you. Do you want to do anything at the gate or do you press on? I think we probably go, right? I think so. I mean, the gate. The gate's open, is it? Well, there's no like shimmering magical effect, but like the, you can see through it to the other side. 
and uh, it's trees either side of it. Yeah, I say it almost looks like a number of trees. Yeah, they've sort of like grown together into this like natural archway, and they've got all these like these faces, these expressions of like horror and sadness, like carved into the trees that make up this gate. But they did actually speak before, didn't they? Yep. But they're not saying anything as we approach. Nope. So the magic has gone potentially. Well, obviously, you know what you did to activate it before. So it's the actual portal that we went through before. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, before you went through a gate in the wolf forest, you know, you like mixed blood and sap, you went, you activated it, and then you went through into this pocket dimension of Dolman Wood, and you came Mm. out from on the Dolman Wood side from this gate. But now the two lands have been sort of mashed together. It seems like because you know that the, the gate you went through in the wolf forest is still there. But now it seems like this gate is also here on the same plane now because they've sort of collided with each other. Whether it still teleports it to the other gate. Let's give it a go. And is there still the same sort of trees nearby? The sap? Yeah. And you would be able to go round the gate if you wanted to. Oh yeah, you can walk round the other side. Yeah, that's not a problem. Yeah, so you don't have to go through it. It's not no, really it's, dense. It's not blocking yeah. your path or anything. No. Well, let's just see if it turns on. Okay, what do you intend to do? Oh, I'll get some sap and a bit of blood and yeah, touch you, it against the portal. You get your knife out. You... Bit of blood, bit of sap, mix, mix, mix. You, you smear it on the gate, as you would have done previously. Can you roll me a d6? Okay, the there is a, a brief shimmering in the sort of like the void of the gateway. And when it clears, you are no longer looking into the woods on the other side. You are now seem to be looking into an entirely different forest. And as you look through, you recognise the clearing in the wolf forest that you stumbled out of when you left the Dolmenwood. That's a handy shortcut. It would appear that whatever magic ran wild during the time of colourless fire, it would appear that the two gates are still linked. Because looking through it now that it's activated, you can see, sort of like just a short way beyond, the statue that was built by Krosnon when you guys didn't come back, so you know it's heading, it's leading to the wolf forest. It's helpful. Obviously, after a few... You know it doesn't stay active for long, as with previous experience. After a few moments, again, it shimmers, and that just disappears, and you're now just looking to, to the normal forest beyond it. Is... Yeah. Is there any signs of anyone cutting any of the trees nearby recently or any dried blood around the or like anyone's used it you can't see any signs of recent use no no okay 
people were the only ones that know. And is was was in there writing on it above the the archway on what to do. Yeah, there was some writing, writing which in. was basically saying that like, you know make your and it's still there. It basically, oh, says, it's still there. Yeah, okay. it says like you know make your pledge to the to the forest, etc. Which you guys divined mm. was you know mix the blood with the sap and okay. that's how you activate it. Hmm. So yeah, you could go to the south gate and get to here probably a lot quicker. If you needed to, or vice versa. Okay, do you guys continue on your way? Yeah, we'll continue to Brackenwald, I would say. Okay. Yeah. So you continue your journey towards Castle Brackenwald. As you arrive in this sort of area of it, you can see it much it looks much the same as it did when it was in the, the Dolmenwood, to be honest. You see it's a fortified castle and a keep, sits atop a a hill. There's a, this sort of like sprawling town that spreads out around it. However, as you're approaching, you see that, because obviously you've sort of seen it previously when it was in Dolmenwood, as you're approaching the sort of gate that leads into the sort of like fortified wall around this town and the, the castle itself, you can see that there looks to have been signs of recent damage done to the gate. There's like a, a large sort of like portion of the gate has been like demolished and there is like black charcoal marks on the gate itself. You can see there's like presumably local craftsmen sort of busy like trying to repair this gate, you know, sort of trying to patch it up. Obviously, Weimar, you, you're familiar with like black powder weapons, you use them quite a lot yourself. You can tell that like it looks like someone's detonated like a large amount of black powder like right next to the gate and it's pretty much blown half the gate off and it's like charred and caused carbon to like build up on the the stones around it. And obviously these like poor craftsmen they're like they're trying to basically patch it up with like wood just as like a temporary sort of fix. You can see there's a few of these uh, Yeah, you can see there's a few of these like uh the, the Brackenwall guards wearing like the blue cloaks of the Brackenwall guards that you've seen previously I sort of stood around like supervising you know but obviously keeping an eye on the craftsmen make sure that like, nothing happens to them while they're working on it the, the craftsmen look quite nervous which is understandable given that someone's just like blown up half the gate they, they look a little bit nervous they're sweating a little bit put it that way but these guards are sort of stood around keeping an eye out you know it's a couple of them sort of like regarding you as you're approaching with your cart I mean, they're not rushing at you with weapons, but they're obviously keeping an eye on you. Well, this is a shit show. Okay, I think um, order of business. Um, we want to find out um, who was behind this. If it was an accident, sure. But if not, uh, would be very interesting to know who's doing this. And uh, I was thinking I'm going to try and 
get at the Duke or like get a, get a message of our own going. Um, not to arrange for the meeting per se, because that's being dealt with by the coin. Uh, but I thought maybe just let them know. We'll maybe send some, you know, masons up here once we get back home. Okay, um, so how, how do you go about that? Sorry. How do you go about that? What's what's the plan? Uh, for the for the massage. Mm-hmm. Be sent. I suppose we'll be stopped by the guards when we get Yeah, if to if them. you if you try and sort of continue towards the gate, one of the guards sort of steps forward. You can see like a couple of the ones stood behind them like obviously like resting their hands on their swords, just in case like shit gets real. Uh, he, he walks towards you and he says, uh, Halt in the name of Duke Thespian III of Brackenwald. <laughs> Hail to the Duke. We come as friends. And he, he sort of nods and uh, you see him like, make a small gesture with his hand and the two men behind him seem to like relax a little bit. Although obviously they're sort of keeping their hands close to their weapons, mm-hmm. just on the off chance. And he says, uh, "Well, uh, w- w- what is your business in, in Brackenwald, strangers?" Well, there's there's business, <laughs> as such, and also, I think, looking about a while, uh, I I do believe uh, you will need the services of masons and and every kind of builder. Is that I, not these, correct? I, uh, you, you're, you're right, stranger. These are, these are dark times. Dark times indeed. Uh, we, we thought the worst of it was behind us with the, uh, with the troubles. But uh, it seems even in this new land, we are, we are beset by devils and strange creatures of all kinds. Right. Um, can't do much about the creatures, but I do think I can probably find you some folks who know their way around a rock and uh, we've come here as I said to do business but also come to survey the situation and um, see what we could uh, he says well what, what, what help we might provide he says well any help is obviously greatly appreciated stranger uh, and don't worry about the perpetrator of this we've, uh, we, we've made sure he paid the price for his crimes and he he points at like one of the stone walls, just sort of off in the distance, or one of the ramparts. Mm-hmm. And as he points, and you follow his finger, you see what appears to be a a spike on the wall, and sort of mounted on top of it is a head. However, it's not a human head; it's a it's an almost like lizard-like sort of head. Mm. It, it looks to you almost a like the the head of the ice worm that you've seen previously. However, it's like human-sized. And the skin is like a dark sort of red. And they've obviously like cut the head off this thing, whatever it was, and spiked it on the wall. Well, that's something. He says, I, uh... Right, well, um... Good luck on, on your duty. Uh, for, thank you, stranger. And as we say, for, we, uh, we won't be ungrateful for any help that can be provided. 
Yeah, I nod at him. Okay, what's next? So, so let's get in and um, yeah, do what we want to do. So what Wymore is especially interested in just makes notes about the damage um, and like some sketches about the dimensions of like, okay, so the wall is this tall, it's the hole is this wide yep. uh, to get an idea of no. how much needs to be done. Not a problem. You you take the dimensions. And as you're sort of looking around it, you can see from like fragments of like debris that are still sort of around the blast site, for want of a better term, it looks to you like basically someone's got like a barrel or some sort of container where they've like tightly compacted like black powder, presumably with a fuse or some sort of charge. They've then like placed it right against one corner of the gate, like where the hinges are, and then they've detonated it because it's like bits of like the wood from the the, the improvised explosive, sort of like embedded in the cracks between the the stone that it sort of blasted. Did they say how long ago this happened? Any of the people that have, we've spoken to? You ask around and you're told it happened uh, a few days ago. You, you manage to find out from people. They There's a lot of rumour going on. Some of it's obviously like not true. But you manage to piece together from numerous conversations with like, these craftsmen and the guards and whatever that uh, it appears that like a person like rode towards the... And they describe them as like, a normal person like rode on a cart towards the, the town that like, claimed they were going to be doing a bit of trading. They, they stopped just outside the gate as a lot of traders do, you know, like getting all the stuff off the wagon, ready to like take it inside. While they were doing that, at some point, this this trader apparently set off this uh, this explosive device that like took out half the gate. the The trader himself, the person who planted the explosive, was also caught in the blast. However, when the guards like rushed out to apprehend him, as he sort of like stood up and threw off his cloak, instead of it being a normal person, it was this like hideous red scaly. Like lizard-like humanoid, which fought back fiercely, but like the guards just mobbed it, killed it, and then they they took its head and like mounted it on a spike, following the orders of the duke. Because when they they basically went to the duke, they were like, "Oh, this thing's blown up the gate," and he's like, "What's happened to it?" They're like, "Oh, well, we, we've killed it. It's dead." He was like, "Oh, well, we need to like send a message to like, what happens to people who like." mess with Brackenwald basically she was like mount its head on a spike on that wall there I want everyone who like comes near the city to like see it hopefully it'll deter them from making any further attacks while we're getting the repairs done but like I say you piece that together from various bits of conversation with different people so you're not sure if that's 100% what actually happened but that's mm. that's what people are saying happened but there's been no more sightings or any more attacks since a, a couple of people say they've They've seen what they describe as sort of units of similar creatures in the rural hills to the south, but none of them seem to have like come closer to the to the town of Brackenwald. Is there some kind of herald around, or you, you look around and after after it asking around people, Quentin, you do indeed locate basically a town crier. You manage to like locate. Okay, I'll go and speak to him then. You walk over to him, and he's he's like, "Hey, yeah, hey, yeah." Oh, oh sorry. Uh, what, what what can I do for you? And he sort of like lowers his bow. Um, we need to get a message to the duke that the uh, castellan of 
New Zealand is here to aid and assist where possible. He says, "Well, obviously, I can, uh, I can make an announcement. I'm, I'm, I'm the town crier. That's that's, that's my job. But uh, I couldn't get you a direct appointment with the Duke. Uh, but you never know. He, he he might hear hear the news of it if I if I make the announcement. Then I'm shout happy. away, friend. Shout away. I wish when he like pulls back his bell and he's like, so sorry, you say the uh, the the, the Castellan of Castellan of New Zealand, and you you're you're here to uh, aid Brackenwald. That that's right, isn't it?" That's correct, yeah. And he, he sort of like puff you him go like, <gasps> as he takes in a massive breath and like lifts back this big old belly's holding. He starts ringing in. He's like, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Let it be known to all within the bounds of Brackenwald, the northern side of Brackenwald to the south, that the Honourable Castellan of New Zealand has arrived in... Right, obviously clanging as well while he's saying this. Has arrived to give aid to Brackenwald in its time of need. And he like walks away from you, like his voice getting a little bit fainter. And he, and he basically like repeats the same thing again. So you hear him in the distance and be like, Hey, ye, hey, ye, let it be known to all in Brackenwald from the north to the south. And he like, he like walks off. In, through the town like clanging his bell and like shouting this and you hear like it mixing in like other announcements just like general like local news but like every, every, every so often he just like throws in this like this little like sort of capsule speech that you've given him there we go one more now you just wait yeah okay yeah the baker's holding a sail <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, good stuff. Now, okay. So I guess um, with this in mind, we're probably going to take a bit and hang around then. Um, yeah. Is there anything you want to do while you're waiting in particular? Buy more rations. <laughs> yeah, well, resupply, rest. That, that's fine. You can buy standard equipment at like the normal cost. That's not a problem. And probably six hours later maybe you you spot a sort of unit or a patrol of these blue cloaked guards led by a figure in by the standards of Valconan sort of like fairly antique looking armour it's more sort of like along the lines of plate armour although you notice that like the the, the fashions of Brackenwald are particularly like noticeably different to those of like Valconan ironically they're sort of more similar to what Valconan was like before you guys left, you see this uh, this figure wearing armor walk towards you. As he gets nearby, he gives a salute and he says, "Do I have do I have the privilege of addressing the Castellan of New Zealand?" Aye. Ah, greetings to you. I am. Captain Fassant of the Brackenwald Guard. I hear from our, our crier that you are seeking an audience with the with Duke Thespian the Third Brackenwald. Also correct, good captain. Ah, well, it appears you've come at a a very auspicious time. The uh, the Duchess of Brackenwald is eager for news of lands outside our own walls 
and she has sent myself and her guards to extend an invitation to yourselves to a, an audience at the castle with the Duke and Duchess. I am to convey you there directly, if that is agreeable. Are we are free, yeah, to go? Anyone busy with anything else? Effort. So, yes, directly it is. He looks a sort of a bit taken back when you're like, when it's like, ah, oh, the Duke and the Duchess will see you now, and you're like, oh, I think we're free, we could probably let slide you in. But uh, he sort of quickly like regains his composure <laughs> and he leads you up this sort of shallow hill towards the centre of the town and you see this fortified like white stone keep. It's blue pennants flying from the top of it. You're led in to a large audience hall. There's various people gather around, most of most of whom you can pretty much peg a sort of nobility of some kind due to how they're dressed. At the far end of the room are two sort of like ornate thrones, I suppose you could call them, made of like varnished wood with like elaborate carvings in them. There is a a man of about sixty years old, uh, wearing deep blue robes and like this immaculately embroidered tunic. He's got a neatly trimmed beard, a little gold crown on his head, with um, like rubies and um, what look to be, you're not sure, but it looks like there's some like shards of bone or maybe like horn sort of worked into the this fanciful metalwork of this crown and sat next to him is this tall elegant woman maybe in a maybe in her mid 50s long black hair she's wearing like pale violet robes again she's wearing a crown but this time it's made of silver and it has these like leaf shaped sapphires mounted around the edge of it as you as you walk in the guard captain captain Vassant, walks ahead of you he heads up to the the foot of these fanciful thrones, goes down on one knee, lowers his head. You see, you presume, the duke, the, the gentleman. He sort of waves his hand and says, Rise, Captain Vassant. Which, when he stands up, says, My lord, my lady, these are the, the people that you sent me to convey to you. This, and he gestures at Wama, is the... It's the Castellan of New Zealand. At which point the the Duchess says in a quiet voice, "Very good, Captain Vasson. You may you may leave us now." The he starts to like protest, but she like holds up a hand to hold him and says, "Please, we need to make sure that our our good craftspeople are adequately protected while they oversee reparations repairs. We can't rule out the fact that something more dangerous may loom out of." the hills to menace them. I would feel far more safe knowing that you and your good men are keeping a watch over our valued citizens. At which point he nods and he's like, yes, my lady, of course. And he spins around on his heel and says, you men, with me. And they also like march out of the audience chamber. At which point the the Duke, again in this sort of like low, sort of sonorous uh, voice says, I gather that you have uh, journeyed here with thoughts of aiding Brackenwald in this time of need. Is that correct, uh, Monsieur Castellan? Truly. It is so. 
please approach then and let us let us talk of such things he he looks around at all the other sort of like nobles that are around the edge and he says uh, that the rest of the court is dismissed for the meantime we will let you know should any of you be needed and that they also start sort of filing out you can like a bit of gossiping and a bit of chat from these like nobles as they're heading out obviously like all wondering who you guys are what's going on but uh, they obviously don't want to contradict like the duke so they all sort of start making their way out the the duke sort of snaps his fingers and a from sort of around the back of them a servant appears and he says fetch chairs for our guests not quite as elaborate as theirs, but like pretty well carved, like wooden chairs are bought out. One thing you do notice is a bit odd is that as they bring out these wooden chairs, like the actual wood itself appears to be like stained a greenish colour. But they put the chairs down, and he he gestures to the chair with his hand, which is like bedecked in like golden rings and signs of nobility and stuff like that. You see the uh, the guy who brings out the chairs, he like puts them all down gestures of the chairs like obviously like a little sort of page or whatever and then he sort of like, he looks up at brock and he's like um um i'm i'm, I'm sorry sir we uh we, we we don't have any bigger chairs than this uh i i could see if i could fetch you something or it's all right boy i'll stand oh, very, very good sir very good and he he sort of makes himself scarce at which point the as you're also presumably like sitting down, the the Duchess tents her fingers together, and then says, "Well, as my husband says, it appears you've come at a most auspicious time. We are we are sorely in need of aid at this point in time, as you may imagine, given the the recent troubles that have occurred. Much of our our people, our our esteemed cousins who you've just seen have lost their lands and their homes we have attempted to to give shelter and succor to as many of them as we can but obviously our resources are not without limit what's at the root of this all this i presume there's a tale Yes, well, as you may imagine, I, I'm not sure how familiar you are with our good, our good town, Michel Castellan. Uh, passing familiarity. Uh, I am not a scholar of Draken. Draken. Well, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of the uh, aware of the troubles that have occurred, the uh, the changes to the land, etc. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well. Prior to those troubles, we were, I suppose, what you might say, the the ruling power in the the Dolmenwood. The there were various satellite duchies that owed overall fealty to us, and through them, our influence had spread through much of the forest. Now, seemingly, within the space of but a few years, that has all changed. We have been lucky enough to find that most of Brackenwald has survived this dislocation to this new land but many of our cousins the, the lesser nobility, the court etc 
were not so lucky. As I said earlier, many have lost their homes. They have been cast adrift. They, they no longer have the power or the influence they once had. And to be honest, neither do we. But we have made the best of a bad situation. We have attempted to re-establish our court here and give sanctity to to those who have no other place to go that our our royal cousins etc but uh, i'm sorry but was there something you wanted to ask uh, I, I, I was i was musing that uh, a whole host of displaced nobles must be quite the thing to manage <laughs> she just chuckles to herself and says it is it is but we saw little alternative given all of the strange occurrences at which point the duke who sat next to him, he sort of like bristles a little bit and he says well it's as i told you my dear i'll be surprised if there's not some devilry or witchery behind everything that occurred recently if you would have and he she like puts her hand gently on his arm which seems to calm him a little bit and he says i still believe we should have done something and we should have sought out the those witches hiding in plain sight we should have rooted them out that would have dealt with it and he seems to stop getting himself like a bit worked up and she's sort of, again like pats his arm and says yes of course dear but we we can't afford to to go off half cocked so to speak when there there are so many in need we there are so many dangers without the, the town that we can't start pointing fingers at those within she says in very sort of soft terms and he sort of like he gradually seems to sort of calm down a bit and he's like yes i suppose you're right my dear we we need to rebuild before we before we start worrying about things like that but you mark my words there'll be some devilish cult of witches behind this nonsense you mark my words he says why if i was a if i was a younger man i'd have strapped on my sword myself and i'd have i'd have given them what for and she, she again like pats his arm and says, yes of course I, I understand dear but uh, neither of us are as young as we used to be you need, you need to think of your health after all what would Brackenwald be without its duke well, we have our guards, we have our knights they, they will take care of this sort of thing which when he sort of nods and he, he, he doesn't seem happy about it but he, he nods and says yes I, I suppose you're right my dear but but enough of that, uh, Monsieur Castellan. What uh, what aid is it you propose to offer the Duchy of Brackenwald? Um, I fear we may not be able to assist with sorcery. Um, ah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't accept even if you could. I'll have to, no to truck rid- with that foul devilry. A fine choice. Um, but what we may be able to assist with is uh, the gaping wall uh, that is <laughs> that is the gate now. Um, we have several capable hands when it comes to stone in New Zealand. You you will have heard and perhaps seen the towers. He sort of he. He nods and he thinks of it, and then he says, uh, New Zealand, New Zealand. And it, the, the Duchess leans over, he says, uh, 
that's the uh, that's the settlement that uh, your your cousin Tristan is uh, is currently arranging a a trade negotiation with. Oh yes, of course, uh, yes, of course. Well, we would, Monsieur Le Castellan, we would certainly be grateful for any help that could be offered. Wonderful. Um, I and my associates here have come to do a bit of business, um, but also to survey the situation so that we may uh, carry word back home and um, arrange for, uh, well, um, the experts to uh, come and assist you. Uh, I have noted that you have wooden construction on the way. Uh, of course, that will not hold the terrors of the night at bay for long. So, no, I of course, eager... it's a, it's merely a temporary measure. Mm. I am I am eager to, with your permission, um, if you would accept this token of uh, New Zealand's uh, goodwill and uh, uh, friendship, uh, we would perhaps even talk to some of your people and then hurry with all haste back to New Zealand so we can arrange for the the quarriers and the stone cutters and the masons. Yes, that would be most acceptable. And of course while you are while you are here, obviously feel free to, to talk to who you will in Brackenwald. I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll understand if people are a little uh, a little on edge at the moment given the recent events. Of course, of course, after all, uh it appears these days anyone could be uh up to no good. Indeed. Again, there's devilry behind it, you mark my words. It is it is an unfortunate state of affairs. Which cannot be fixed merely with pickaxes and plaster, unfortunately. Well, oh, that is true, that is at true. At any rate, uh, we would not... Oh, the the good duke uh, was a bit garbled there. <laughs> for well, me. well, it's my age, you see. <laughs> yeah, the old connection is a bit... Indeed. <laughs> it's starting the, to the old, uh, the old... Uh, yeah, bandwidth starts slipping when you get a little, when you get to my age. Oh boy, <laughs> the Duke is really having a bad day. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, there's some packet loss on my end too. Um, <clears throat> uh, uh, there's a there's a trade. Uh, negotiation ongoing, which you referred to, that I was aware of as well. Um, yeah, so one, one of not... our noble cousins is dealing with it. Incredible. Uh, would we have the fortune of being here uh, with the negotiator, or are, are they somewhere else, perhaps? Well, he's he's not every minute he left with the rest of the court, but I can I can certainly summon him if if that would. Uh expedite matters i would i would not mind sitting down uh for just a brief moment with them yep so I, a, ser a servant is sent out and mm -hmm. maybe 15 minutes later a 
they return leading a younger man wearing sort of like blue silks he's got sort of like quaffered hair and like a little goatee beard and like like waxed moustache he, he walks mm-hmm. in sort of bows low to the the duke and duchess and says ah no, noble noble cousins I have been summoned I come and he says uh, yes uh, very good Tristan uh, you are currently overseeing the the trade negotiations with uh, New Zealand that's correct uh, yes my liege that is correct uh, this gentleman over here is the the Castellan defender of New Zealand and wishes to discuss matters of trade with you uh, yes of course if that is what my my lord wishes it is pray discuss your matters of trade with the with the Castellana. If you require us no further, I will leave you to your discussions. I have I have very little direct uh, direct influence with such things. I I let those who are far more capable than myself, uh, an old soldier like myself, uh, deal with those matters. Is there anything else you require of us, Monsieur Le Castellan? No, no, this is more than enough. Uh, we thank you, and we hope to soon carry both word and uh, capable hands this way. As you say that, he, he nods, at which point the, the Duchess sort of stands up, he takes a hand and like helps her up, and he says, uh, oh, uh, what, one last thing, uh, if, you're, uh, if your servant, and she gestures at Brock, uh, should consider a, a change of career, we are always uh, interested in prospects for entering the the knighthood of Brackenwald. A good, a good strapping fellow like yourself could go far in the knightly orders, uh, Mister. Talk to me directly now, or yeah, am she, I still does? No, she she's <laughs> talked to Wyman and said, "Oh, your servant could go far," and then she's basically gone. Oh, you could turn to you and you could go far, Mister. Uh, and I'll, I'll look at Weimar and 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 look for the, the nod that I can speak. Yeah, yeah no, I, I it, it takes Weimar a moment where it's like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to like mediate here. Yeah, uh, so I, I turn to Brock. And it's just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as you're watching this, they they seem to have they seem to be operating under the assumption that like you're a noble Weimar because you're like this Castellan yeah, yeah. and like these yeah, guys are like your servants that? and retainers because that's yeah. they're like oh that's how we do it so obviously that's how everyone else mm-hmm. does it mm-hmm. yeah Brock's just going along with it he finds it quite amusing yeah Brock, Brock you know figured it out before Weimar because Weimar's <laughs> not expecting them yeah uh, uh, yes my lady Brock is the name Brock Montaigne it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance Mr Montaigne Yes, sir. I am currently in service to uh, Mr. Lonegrave. Uh, your your loyalty to your employer does you credit, Mr. Montana. If you if you should be choosing to to stay in Brackenwald for a short time, my my ladies in waiting are always seeking to to test their skill at arms. I'm sure they would relish the the opportunity to. To practice with someone of your obvious strength. Again, if my uh, services are not needed, I'd be happy to attend such a session. Of course, I understand. Well, 
a pleasure to actually like turns to all of you her husband's like looking around like you know he's got other things to deal with he's already thinking about the next appointment he's got where she like turns to you all like offers a hand to each of you you know the normal sort of like, kiss the hand sort of thing then says well it's been a pleasure to make all of your acquaintance hopefully this this can be the the start of a of a more firm friendship between Brackenwald and New Zealand since it seems that these lands have become somewhat strange to us all. Oh, Indeed. A, a good day to you all. And the, the Duke and Duchess head off on their, their other business. And you're left with this young, sort of like fairly like slick, sort of oily looking noble mm-hmm. stood there in his like crushed velvet, like blue shirt with his like little like waxed moustache. Uh, Tristan, was it? I Tristan Beaumont at your service. I have the honour of being a second cousin to the Duke himself. Auspicious. Thank you. Uh, we happen to be on business here, and I thought uh, we might share a few words. Of course, your business lies with the... Um, with a good mayor yes I've, I've been conducting obviously we've been due to the distance involved a lot of our business has been conducted via intermediaries but uh, i've mostly been dealing with the mayor of new zealand he's a he's a, he's a pretty tough customer when it comes to the to the trade deals obviously he knows his thing oh yes i do believe he's uh bitten a coin or two in his time Indeed, uh, indeed, it sure seems like. Indeed, um, I, I must admit, I am, I, I, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit sorrowful, I suppose, if that's the right word, that uh, the the agreement's been taking so long to hash out. I'd rather hope to to get it resolved and move on to other matters, but it seems like every time we we resolve an issue, uh, either your mayor wants a concession that we're not happy with, or we want a concession that he's not happy with, and we spend days weeks trying to work out a compromise and then once as soon as that's worked out another thing crops up mm. Mm. hard to pin down indeed then it i i think to be honest something it's somewhat due to a a lack of communication the 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 some of the customs in new zealand are are very strange to us and are very different uh, they they seem to regard us as somewhat archaic mm-hmm. whereas we find a lot of their uh, a lot of their fashions their customs their, their, their malls are a little baffling if I'm perfectly honest with you and that has definitely slowed proceedings I suppose such is the way of things ah indeed uh is there anything I might do to, I suppose, uh, further accelerate your proceedings? Yes, well, I think, I think we're agreed that the the, the Great River is obviously the, the the lifeblood of trade in these lands. Obviously, your your town of New Zealand is supremely well situated when it comes to that uh, we 
we have been looking to try and find a a quicker or more direct trade route that would enable goods to flow more freely between our our two towns since we have to travel a, a couple of days to to get to the river and then of course down the river by boat so getting goods to and from is something of an issue at the moment and obviously the the quicker and more direct we can we can resolve these trade routes the the better for everyone involved after all certain certain goods foodstuffs etc don't tend to travel particularly well the the more time it takes to get from point a to point b the more stock you lose along the way quite quite right so logistics then is the current issue yes yes and um well there's a of course there's the uh there's the troubling rumors we hear coming from new zealand about uh, rampant crime and things like that which have obviously given us a little pause for thought hmm have to say that is that is a matter in which i'm not personally involved in would you uh share some of these rumors well yes we've um we've heard from because we get some of the traders that pass through new zealand also come here we've heard mm -hmm. of numerous people having their pockets picked their goods stolen mm. obviously it's, it's all rumor but you know when you when a certain weight of rumors has been accumulated you tend to start suspecting there may be some truth to them. The first, the first dozen or so people we heard these from, we we discounted. Thought maybe it was they just had a bad, a bit of bad luck. I mean, after all, there are there are less than reputable people in any settlement, including our own. But uh, the more people we tend to hear this from, the more the the weight of truth seems to bear on these rumours. Hmm. Yeah, it does. It does rather tarnish. the uh the escuchon of the settlement does Indeed. not it does well uh one can only hope that that uh, would cease then um i'm not quite sure what is to be done about it indeed of course well currently we're we're attempting to establish with with your good mayor precisely what measures have been put in progress to process sorry to a to, to allay these uh, these crimes uh, obviously if we're going to be sending our traders there and yours here and vice versa we want to make sure that they're going to be safe in each settlement and that goods can flow uninterrupted currently of course we're we're giving uh, more allowances because as i understand it you've you've only recently assumed your role as the castellan of new zealand that is correct so of course we wouldn't expect you to assume the role and immediately resolve crime in new zealand mm -hmm. so we're, uh, we're we've sort of i suppose if you if you want to put it in these terms we we've agreed to a, a short recess on matters so things can settle a little in new zealand and then once things have settled we will resume negotiations and hopefully things will have been smoothed out a little by then wonderful hopefully you might have got your security issues under wraps by then as well ah uh, yes i hope so i mean i must confess that i have 
I have precious little to uh, to do with the um, security issues. That would be the that would be the guard, but um, they're they're dealing with it as best they can. Mm. Obviously, we quite con- quite concerning from indeed. someone that's been involved in uh, a journey to here. Indeed, obviously, we weren't expecting uh, such creatures to to come out of the hills to the south, but um, now. Now we have some idea of what to look out for. We would, of course, be be better prepared. We, unlike seemingly everyone in in this land, we previously we had not made great use of the the black powder ourselves. So we are a little less acquainted with its its usages and its uh, its destructive power. But that that's not a mistake we'll make again. We, we tend to place our faith more in the more in steel and honor than such things as do I as I look at him very sternly and then I'll try and bite my tongue for the rest of the conversation well um it has been a delight and uh, good to meet you I will and you uh, take your words to account and we will see how best to resolve all this with uh, a minimum of uh, the uh, well at a minimum minimum losses uh, shall we say on all accounts indeed well enjoy the rest of your stay in Brackenwald and he, he bows at each of you and then he turns and leaves and as he sweeps out of the throne room for want of a better term that is where we're going to fade to black and draw a close to the session thank you very much for playing guys I hope you enjoyed it and thanks for bearing with the uh, with the sort of lag and stuff like that unfortunately <laughs> I don't really see much we can do about it so but um, yeah it only remains for me to thanks oh, John oh, no problems only arranges for me Cheers. to Thank my wonderful players. Obviously, we'll sort of XP and whatever in a bit, but for now, I'm going to end the stream here.